So you qualify. Two, 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 Sideways playing Sony PSP. He's playing out of soul. Probably that the cold. He can't feel cold. Look like a big ocean. Go slow motion. Got a cold potion. Let's go. China cause the fifteens wrapped up and posted back wide open black qualified stepping out qualified hold in the game hold in the grain bling 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 what's that my Franco chain Sergeant James mug on me ten on my window pane Today, H Town today. Boy brain, TV screens hang, watching purple rain, crawling in the Why are you playing Dick Don't Fail Me Now by Mike Jones? Like, you had me with Razak. I was like, oh, shit, you going into archives with Razak. Dog, Dick Don't Fail Me Now by Mike Jones. I'm in the Swisher House mood, man. Dog, Mike Jones got plenty of the songs, man. Don't play the song about his dick. I could have gave you play cutting, play anything, man. Nah, that song is terrible. I'm cutting your mic off. Let me vibe out. Mike Jones and my boy Dara ain't nobody lava when my dick hard. All I need, girl, is your hot saliva. James on hold, my office is triangle. Hit a nigga in the gun, made the track in the pants dangle. Channel sex twinkle. Look Wayne, I strangle. 415 banger, turning dating's not swinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me, cause your rims are peewee like Herman. And mine's are big and fat like Cletus and Sherman. Drinkle in my cup. Man, hold up. It's the big tiger, I got swangers on the truck. Never hit the Special guest today, bitches. Break the boys out, screens in my expedition. Let's go. Freeze in my neck, yo, my trunk crack. Break the boys out, it's like this is like. I'm in a good mood today. Thug, Michael Watts. So you qualified. Oh yeah, we qualified. This baby. This before the capper. Get ready. Get our shine on. Oh yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Uh, H-Town shit. Uh, I got drank by the paint. Drove by the pine. Hit it to the capper and the boss top down. Slim thug about the climb when I hit that G time. If you love me, you gon' smile. If you hate me, you gon' grind. Cause me and my boss house in the big L dogs. Glass foes pulling hoes up and down the sea wild. Crawling clean on the scene with a cup of the lane. Candy blue dropping screens when I swing, when I swing. Fuck, Fuck it, let's get this podcast started, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was vibing with it, man. But the dick don't fail me now threw me off, dog. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm like, yo. So was that I like was... a woman's song? 
or it was it was a very strange song man basically he's talking of he's trying to give a pep talk to his dick <laughs> before he goes fuck somebody and and I'm dog that song is weird I, I, I was never a big fan of that song that, but Mike Jones got some classics man that that <laughs> that song um that was the first song I ever heard from Mike Jones really Cleveland. yeah I would never listen to him again if I heard that. It's a first song. <laughs> like, like honestly, I'm gonna be real, man. I I know I'm living in Houston. I'm a Houstonian, but I was I wasn't a fan of Swisher House during that time. Okay. Like I was kind of like, man, you know, I was like Dipset, G Unit. I was I was I was an East Coast guy to be honest. But that was the first song. I'm like, man, why the song sounds so slowed up? I was you know I ain't, I ain't know what screwed up music was. But people, everybody in Cleveland was playing it. And mm-hmm. this was around the time, I want to say maybe some months later or around that same time, that's when I heard the Fat Al song that I didn't came down. Yeah. Because I thought that my I thought it was a dude from Cleveland because a whole bunch of people with, uh, uh, from Cleveland was playing it. And I, I, it sounded like a local artist, honestly. But um, and then that's when the Fat Al song came around and it, it, it kind of sounded like similar music. But, okay, no, yeah. I feel you, man. <laughs> like, like the Razak one really threw me for a loop because that's one of my favorite songs too. But that's kind of an underground song. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fucking anthem in Houston, but it's kind of like not everybody knows about that song, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that, 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 that was, was play- a, a lot of people was playing that song in Cleveland too. But it oh, was word? it was like a it wasn't like on the radio. It was more like a mixtape. Like yeah. you ain't have the actual album. It was more of a. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this is. Somebody just burnt this, and this song was on there. It was just a whole bunch of screwed up music. Because for the longest time, I thought that was Chameleon there. Oh, really? They yeah. kind of sounded like a little. Yeah, bit. I think a lot of people thought it was Chameleon there too. But um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a classic. <laughs> no, it is, man. A good mix overall, man. I like the DSR thrown in there too. Nice little Houston mix, man. Nice little H Town mix, man. You would think it was seven one three day with that Houston mix that he got in cooking up in the lab, man. Qualified. We qualified. qualified. I like the I like that we got Jay Prince drops, man. That makes us feel legit, dog. Not every yeah. what other podcasts y'all know got Jay Prince drops oh, that he yeah. made on the show, huh? Oh, Joe Budden yeah. ain't got that, huh? Drink yeah. champs, they might have it. I don't know. <laughs> I know he does. <laughs> ain't playing no champs, drops like us. Hell no, nah, man. <laughs> We run the game, man. We qualified, mob tie certified, and we in it. We bringing y'all. The gems and juice. Got to break the machine over there, man. The gems and juice. Yes, we are bringing it, and we got a big episode for y'all today. Boy, I tell y'all, if we ain't got our, finally, we got our, our guests that we've been trying to get for a while. For, um, for some years. For years, man. We gonna mm-hmm. be honest. We were thirsty. We were thirsty. And for <laughs> and Figgy was persistent. He, he made a tweet saying, Hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn. You- I'm like, damn, I might have a better chance of getting Obama on the podcast than this <laughs> than than the guests we have on today. Yes. And he uh, actually slid in my DM, like, yo, what's up? Yes. <laughs> Very, very, very grateful. We have the great Arian Foster joining us in a few minutes, man. So so stay tuned for that. Great interview. We talk about everything. We talk about football. We talk about conspiracy theories. We talk about a whole lot of shit, man. Star Trek got thrown in a little bit, too. So good stuff, man. Good stuff. And y'all definitely going to enjoy that. 
spicy Houston Texans stuff too for y'all football fans we follow on the podcast. So yeah. stay tuned, and it's a very great discussion with a uh, all-time great court, uh, running back, Arian Foster, and very talented and funny too. So mm-hmm. keep keep it dialed in. But first, we got to get the the takes off, man. It's been a busy week. Yeah. Uh, another week, we probably ain't gonna talk about music. In particular, uh, we, <laughs> no we albums a, dropped. We got a song. We got a, a, a hot song. Oh, in yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we are going to react. We are going to react to a specific <laughs> song in a little bit. <laughs> that caused a lot of drama on the timeline. But uh, uh, let, let's break down something. So first off, Figgy, man, how you been, man? I know you got a little bit of a cough still. Are you yeah. okay? You doing good? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I was just telling somebody, I'm probably like 80 85% better. Okay. Which, honestly, I don't think nobody could be 100% at this point in life. It's always something. But yep. I'm, I'm like a good 80, 85%. If if I just lose the cough, then I'm I'm pretty much back to normal. I'm breathing right. I'm not out of breath. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm just, just, even the cough got better. The, yep. the cough was awful at one point, but now it's, it's, kind of normal how it was <laughs> sometime last year. That's, that's good to hear getting better, man. And it took some weeks, too. I know you were scared. We were yeah. scared for you, man, but yeah. we're glad you pulled through. Yeah. And all you motherfuckers out here going to a Bow Wow concert, <laughs> risking your life, risking other people's lives because you got to see Bow Wow do a song. <laughs> we got to like that real quick, man, because that was actually cleared up because <laughs> Sylvester Turner actually got into a little beef Cause that clip went Twitter viral. Beef. <laughs> yeah, Twitter beef. Uh, <laughs> Sylvester Turner got into a little beef with Lil Bow Wow because that clip went viral. The clip of him uh, performing a song in a packed Houston club. Uh, Bow Wow actually came out and he said it in a goofy way, so I'm still not on his side because he's <laughs> like, "Well, the only reason my name got thrown in there is because of the headlines. I make the headlines because I'm such a big name." I'm like. You, we, we making fun of you, dog. We, you ain't a, <laughs> a hit maker no more. <laughs> But uh, apparently it was not Lil Bow Wow's concert or Bow Wow, my bad, Shad Moss. It was not Shad's concert. It was just a party for his friend that he attended. And apparently at some point they asked him to do a song real quick. And so he did a song. It got recorded and it was put out there like a Bow Wow concert. I knew something was funny about a Bow Wow concert being yeah, that full. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a lot of people that I know Houston ain't feeling Bow Wow like that, man. I know I know Bow Wow yeah. got some love, but he ain't got that much love. <laughs> so I knew something was kind of strange about that. But yeah, he cleared it up and he said that, you know, he apologized, but he said it wasn't his party. It wasn't his concert. He didn't even get paid for it. It was a free thing he did for his friend. So I guess uh, him and Sylvester Turner passed it up and then Bow Wow said he will get Mr. Turner, the mayor, some front row tickets for when he goes on his tour at the, the Toyota screen, Center. The tour or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. at the Toyota Center. And if <laughs> Bow Wow can get a Toyota, he's going to be at Warehouse Live, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Toyota Center. 
Nah. I don't know about that battle. Nah, wild, unless but. unless he bringing B2K, immature. And <laughs> yeah, it's got to be one of yeah, those. Pretty Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those 2000s uh, of yeah. fucking festivals that go that around. throwback so, tour. <laughs> yeah. Maybe then you could pack it out, but not just for Bow Wow, man. I'm, I, know you got, I know you got some hits, that, but come that on. That would be fucking hilarious to see uh, Sylvester Turner at a fucking Bow Wow concert front row. It would be, man. It would be. <laughs> 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 I, I know the demographic probably like our age now, but still, that still would be hilarious. Nah, it would be funny as hell, man. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see how that develops. But that did get cleared up. Apparently, it was not Bow Wow's fault, at least fully Bow Wow's fault. So whatever. Shout out to Bow Wow. Shout out to Shad Moss for doing whatever he's doing out here, man. Um, So let's get into some topics, man. A lot went down this week. Uh, let's start off with the important thing, the things we, oh yeah, first off, RIP Hank Aaron, RIP Larry King. Mm-hmm. Hank Aaron passed away earlier this week and uh, Larry King, right before our podcast was recorded. So unfortunate, rest in peace. You know what, man? I got to get this off my chest too. <laughs> I, I I hate how white people like, and I, it's hard to word because I, I have a hard time like putting this into words, but the way they prioritize the fact that a, a black man who faced racism but was still nice to people and took it in stride, like that's a good quality to have. Yeah. Like they do it with Martin Luther King and they did it with Hank Aaron. I, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. That's like that's like the go-to, man. Remember, remember yes. all 2020. Well, Martin, uh, the way he protests, mm-hmm. the way he fought off racism is the right Martin Luther way. King was nonviolent, remember, guys? Stop tearing up these cities, you know? Yeah. Martin would hate this. Yeah. I'm like, dog. So, <laughs> man, I, so to, uh, on Martin Luther King Day, which was this past Monday, I posted a picture of Martin Luther King, and mm-hmm. I, just, I kept it simple. I, I ain't say no quotes, and I just said, happy MLK Day. And somebody on my comment, let me read what what this person said. It was it was hilarious, man, because this guy, uh, this guy, he he he's he's kind of on a I I ain't gonna say kind of he is on the other side, but mm-hmm. but um, he made a tweet towards me. It wasn't towards me, but um, hold on, let me find it real quick. But uh, he said, "What y'all think he?" would think about how the world is today man people out here all hating each other so i <laughs> so my so my reply was i think if he wasn't killed he would probably change this country we wouldn't be where we are now yeah like he good was point man like he was murdered <laughs> you know what i mean like people forget that people people think he just died or something like no that dude was literally killed <laughs> Yeah, like if and he then was, like if he was such a great guy, why was he so hated during that time and killed? And the government, whether regardless of whether you can uh, subscribe to the theory that the government killed him, we know they spied on him. We know mm-hmm. they hated him. You know, the people said who was a Jagger or Hoover said he was the most dangerous man in America, and they feared him. Like they 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 wanted to prevent him from getting any power in America. And now the FBI and the CIA is saying RIP MLK. Yeah. Did. So like it's it's fucking it leaves a bad taste <laughs> in my stomach, man. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I hate it. Yeah. I don't I'd rather y'all say nothing yeah. than this horse shit 
that y'all knew y'all was in the wrong year, decades ago. The people who ran these organizations are probably still alive. They're old as fuck, but they're mm-hmm. probably still alive. So yeah, it's annoying, man. It, it is. And then seeing the people doing too much, it's kind of like changing your profile picture, the black on the blackout yes. Tuesday. It's like now people think they have to say something like you, mm-hmm. like I almost didn't even do that. I usually don't say happy MLK day or happy Martin Luther King. I usually don't say shit, but yeah, I mean, it's cool not to say nothing. Like it's just weird seeing some of these people that was shitting on people for the protests and all this other uh, other bullshit. Now saying Happy MLK Day and all this. It's forced, man, and they yeah. like him because they see him as how you should do it. You know, you should yeah. be nonviolent. Like fucking MLK was getting like I, I I I people can. This is what I hate too because a lot of these melting black people act like. Um, Dr. King was a pussy or something, or like he yeah. didn't because he wasn't. Turn, he wasn't he turned uh, the other cheek. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> he wasn't Malcolm X and didn't talk about killing people if they tried you or some shit like that. He focused on unity. Like I, I wish I had the bravery that Martin Luther King had, man, because he was going into the fucking deep South, yeah, protest and risking his life mm-hmm. to protest. Man, he went to Selma, went to Mint, like he went to the fucking. The, the hometown of a racist yeah. and said, we changing shit in this country. Yeah. Malcolm X, I love Malcolm X. He stayed up north where it was safe. Yeah. <laughs> like he did. He ain't come down south. My, and Martin Luther King went, came dolo. He got people around him, but like he went to jail for what he did, man. Like he put yeah. his life on the line and he paid for it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the one thing I don't understand, man. People at like the way... I guess other people was protesting. It's like, oh, it was never like this with Martin Luther King. Like, no, these dudes went to jail. It was still yes. violence. It was all that other shit. Y'all just looking at the posters of them holding hands walking yes. in the street. Like, nah, people actually went to jail. People was, I'm sure some people was killed. I'm sure some people was hurt. So I, I just don't get the whole, oh, well, Martin did it this way. Like, nah, it was yes. still bad, too. Like now, like now, I, I want to say now in 2020, 2021, you got like the people that's not even for the cause that's out there looting and shit like that. But it, exactly, it, it was similar back in the 60s. It, it's just, an, yeah, it's just annoying. I, I don't want to stay on it too long, but man, it's just annoying the fact that people act like this racism that Hank Aaron faced and that Martin Luther King faced just went away. Like yeah. these people had kids and they had grandkids and their kids had kids and this they they're still around, man. The people who had this hate in their hearts, it didn't just disappear once Hank Aaron did what he did in baseball and once Dr. Martin Luther King died and they made a holiday out of his birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, the racism ain't just disappeared, man. The people still around. It was a whole country that hated these men. Mm-hmm. And they still around here, man. So it's not like some shit that just whisked away like whatever. (laughs) Anyway, R.I.P. Hank Aaron, R.I.P. Larry King as well. Uh, One of the greatest interviewers of all time. Uh, Mm -hmm. For the most part, he got really, he slacked in his later years, but I can understand why. He could. He (laughs) he can only do that, though. He can only do that. Yeah. Did you see the interview with him and Mac Miller? That kind of went viral today. I I gotta see that. I've probably seen parts of it. Yeah, I thought that was, I I don't know, it kind of bring a tear to your eye a little bit because it's like, damn, like, him and Mac Miller mm-hmm. <laughs> did an interview together, and they both gone now. Who so. would have thought that he would have out? Who who would have thought Larry King would have outlived Mac Miller? Man, that's just crazy. Yeah, crazy man. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, RIP Hank Aaron, RIP Larry King. Now it is time for us to get into the bullshit Uh-oh. per usual. <laughs> Topics of the week. Um, so did you watch the presidential inauguration, Figgy? Uh, I was kind of in and out of it. I, I know it was like a big, I knew it was a big deal. I ain't going to sit here and say that, but I didn't know people was going to take off work and just sit at home and watch it all day. <laughs> And I and two, I thought I didn't think it was an all day event like that. I thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. like a you know couple hours and that's it. But it was literally an all day event with all type of different people performing. Yeah, it, it seemed like it took all day, man. And all the celebrities were very excited, and we saw some goofy ass tweets. Like, I, and this is the problem I face, man, because I don't want to feel like a hater all the time. <laughs> but I just see so much goofy shit that just gets on my nerves. I can't let it go. <laughs> and and people, I understand you're happy that Trump is gone. I'm happy he's gone too. But the, the these niggas ain't done anything yet, man. Yeah, like. It is, this is the problem I had with Obama, kind of. He won the Nobel Peace Prize before he even did anything in office. Yeah. So I don't give people prizes for existing. I don't give Kamala Harris a prize for being the first multiracial, if you want to call her black, if you want to call her Indian, whatever, woman to be vice president. She got to do something first. Joe Biden got to do something first. Joe Biden got a lot to make up for. And so is Kamala after being a prosecutor. Uh, they got a lot to make up for, man. So and they made a lot of promises or at least insinuated some promises. I want to see that, man. Congratulations. You won. We put you in there. Now get to, well, I didn't, I didn't vote, but <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Sorry, son people, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> people like Jasmine put you in there because she <laughs> voted, I think. So you, you get to work, man. I, I, the the whole thing with the parades and people with a mask off the parade too, and it, it was a little but the production. Like I understand it, you know, whatever. But I saw some goofy shit about now everything is back to normal. Now we can finally rest, and now <laughs> I don't have to watch the news with the anxiety all the time. Like yeah. COVID just disappeared yeah. <laughs> once Trump left the White House. <laughs> So it's a new day and age, man. So we will see how things go from here. Other things that happened this week. Uh, there was a very, very, very uh, highly ante- anticipated versus battle that finally happened. Mm-hmm. Ashanti, who Figgy thought was ducking this beef, ducking yeah. this battle. <laughs> she came through. She looking good, too. Yeah, They both look good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashanti and uh, uh, Keisha Cole finally did their verses. Mm-hmm. Um I think some people said that Keisha Cole's attitude was kind of strange, but I think later on it was revealed she had some tech problems with her setup or something. Yeah. The, uh, so the uh, little fun fact: the D, uh, Keisha Cole's DJ is from Houston. He's a H town mm-hmm. dude, and um, yeah, they had some tech problems. That's what took so long because a lot of people. I I, I even tweeted this. I, I I'm like, damn, is Keisha ducking this? Because she she it took her a minute to come on camera, so um, I think that it was a tech problem, and that's the reason. Once she came on, that's the reason why she had an attitude, which is understandable because she been wanting this versus for a minute, and f- for that time to I mean for them to cancel it like twice, and then now they can't even be in the same room, so it's a whole different setup and and all the audio issues and. 
can't even stand up and sing or move around. Uh, I, I kind of understand why she had an attitude at that point. <laughs> but uh, during the verses, I was just like, damn, how's she going to come with this stank attitude? <laughs> like, she wanted the verses. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, it always sucks. You, you would think people had this rehearsed and planned out. And sometimes it feels like they're getting this shit together for the first time when they get mm-hmm. on the verses. And I'm like, look, y'all had weeks to plan this out and weeks to fix the bugs and yeah. shit still goes wrong. So whatever. But I haven't watched the whole things yet. I watched little bits and pieces. But what were your thoughts on this verses, man? And who do you think wanted? Uh, I, I was kind of underwhelmed with the verses. I think I think. Uh, since everyone was so hyped about it and it was canceled twice, I almost didn't even watch it. It was just kind of like, uh, like I'm, I don't even know if I'm that excited about the verses now. And now mm-hmm. uh, this was the first verses they did, you know, back to the old way. But um, I, I will say this: it did look, it's, it still looked clean. It was, it wasn't too bad. It, it wasn't the best audio, but it was better than the regular, the OG Instagram shit that they started off doing. So I, I will give them that. But Okay. Yeah. But as far as the verses, as far as who won, I guess I'm a little biased because I'm more of a Keisha fan. <laughs> and uh, a lot of her songs kind of hit. Um, I, I got like a special place for them because most of, the, most of the chicks I was talking to back then was Keisha Cole fans. So it kind of remind me of that time when I was like, kind of fresh out of high school <laughs> young and in love yeah ro- mm-hmm. roaming these streets but um i i think she did okay of course she left a couple songs off and played a couple shit where i was just like huh like why would you play that but um honestly i think it was pretty close i, I and I, to me with it being that close i i had keisha winning like 11 to 9 me personally but I think it was pretty close, and I think that's a win for Keisha because a lot of people thought Ashanti was going to sweep her out of there. They was naming all the big singles, which she did have. She had some huge singles. But um, I just think Keisha Cole, discography is, is, I think it's a little slept on. <laughs> she she got a lot of album cuts that that that's damn near singles. And so I think a lot of people didn't really realize that until this versus battle. But I think they both look really good. Uh, Keisha had them mm-hmm. titties out. Yeah, she did. I, was hoping, I saw that. I was hoping mm-hmm. I saw a nip slip. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they 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 both look good, man. I I enjoyed it, and I I, I think Keisha kind of warmed up uh, afterwards. But uh, once the DJ, I think the DJ called in on um, 97.9 The Box to kind of explain everything. And he was in Chat House, too, because a lot of people okay. was tearing up. Clubhouse, them. yeah. Yeah, Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, he was getting a lot of heat on Twitter. Because Wait, what What happened that he he had to explain himself for? A lot of people was bashing him. People were saying that um, the DJ that was DJing was trash. Damn. It, it was just saying it was trash. I, like I'm, I'm not sure what. Uh, I, it was a long story short. It was a lot of stuff behind the scenes that he had to do. It wasn't mm-hmm. him just freestyling anything like that. I think he was. Um, first of all, they wasn't even in the same room. I think that was a big problem too. He was in a total different room, so that's where a lot of the miscommunication was happening during the battle. And and um, but anyway, a lot of people on Twitter was like, "Man, this DJ is trash." Blah blah blah. And um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I didn't even realize he was from Houston 
until afterwards. And I, I think I seen Brand, or, or good friend, friend of the show, Brandon Caldwell tweet. Like, mm-hmm. uh, shout out. I forgot his name. I think it's DJ High something. See, I can't remember his name. But, um, yeah, um, a lot of people are staring them up. And so uh, they made a clubhouse room or, uh, yeah, clubhouse room pretty much. I guess they wasn't shitting on them, but they was just saying it was more of a uh, what would you have done if you was in that situation type thing. And then he came on pretty much saying, hey, Keisha wanted to play. She wanted to play this song. She wanted to do this. So I just did whatever Keisha's, Keisha want me to do. She's paying me. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever she want to do, I, I'll do it. If she want the mic higher or the music higher, that's my job type of thing. So. And then I think, and then the other thing, I think this was more Houston people complaining about this, but he, they felt like he really didn't put on for the city. And I, I kind of, I, I think I'm gonna try to reach out to him and see if I could get him on the podcast. But he was, he was pretty much, I guess he played some. He, I, long story short, I guess he got paid to play some some music. And people was wondering why he didn't play no Erica Banks, no DJ Chose. You know, beat king and stuff like that, and he was pretty much saying like, "Look, man, I've been there, done that. Like uh, I, these pe- the people who pay me is who I'm pay- uh, who I'm playing, type of thing." So it was kind of like a heated discussion with that. And um, I wish, yeah, I'm gonna try to get him on because he explained it better than me. But I kind of understood where he was coming from because he was talking about how, at the end of the day, the DJs don't really get shit for breaking these artists. They um, artists come to them. They say break my record. They play the record. And they take off, and it's like thank you, <laughs> and that's kind of it. And he said he didn't been there, done that. So he pretty much play whoever he want to play. He he really don't break artists anymore. Yeah, we should have him on, man, because that's a good debate. I know we had a, that a discussion with was it Shank or somebody, some artist we just recently had on who was talking about uh, problems with Cleveland DJs. Oh, and oh that was not- Mook. Mookie, that was Mookie, Mookie yeah, Montonio. Mookie Montonio, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we should get him on, maybe have that debate and and see what his perspective is on that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, at least it sounded like it was a pretty good versus. I'll be honest, I'm glad it's over <laughs> because people have been talking about this shit for so long. I'm glad they got it out the way. Yeah. And like you said, they was looking good. Um, so good that they had a good time. People enjoyed it. I was hearing some rumblings about an Usher and Justin Timberlake versus. I thought that got announced, but I think it was just people making up some bullshit on Twitter to argue about. I, I think so. Yeah, somebody else made up a future versus Travis Scott. Yeah, they were saying that was planned. That would, yeah, that, that was. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Yeah, I don't even see Come why on, that man. would even be a discussion, in my opinion. Yeah, I think to me, I think Travis Scott is too new of an artist to even do a versus unless it's with another artist around his caliber. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I, I don't, I kind of don't like that for the simple fact. Like why y'all getting Travis Scott? Like, I don't know. I just felt some type of way about that. Like, like you can find somebody to go against future, not Travis Scott. I don't, future shouldn't do it. Future shouldn't do it. it. It would be awful if future did it, man. You know how he is. It's too cool for school ass nigga. Who don't want to say or like he's gonna act like he's bigger than the event. It will be terrible, man. Don't get. I'd rather see Kid Cudi and Travis Scott than a fucking future. I don't want to see future do verses, man. Yeah. He, he just needs to stay where he's at if, and just make the music. Or if, whatever. They, if he do do a verses, it, it would have to be the the way where they was where they was 
in person. So I yeah. can see I can see them being super creative doing the future verses in Atlanta in the strip club or something. And, you know, with somebody else of that caliber. I know two chains already did a um versus already, so it probably wouldn't be him, but if it was somebody in that caliber, in that yeah, in that future realm, I, I think it would be good to watch, but I'm not sure how it would be as far as like his personality or the music he choose chooses. But I it, just it, think, can, yeah. it can't be it can't be the Instagram thing. Yeah, I think his personality just don't mix with the versus format, man. I think he's just a guy who likes to be mysterious and kind of you know act like he's above everything. And Rick Ross was kind of like that too, and that stunk. So people who act like they cool, too cool for this shit, I don't want to see them. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but we'll, we'll we'll see what the next matchup is. Um, yeah, it's not going to be Justin Timberlake and Usher. I don't think they're going to do it, but we will see <laughs> yeah, what the actual pe- a lot of people is. was teasing uh, or throwing out the um, Usher and Chris Brown. Ugh. <laughs> that would actually not be a bad one, man. Like that would actually be very interesting, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm, I wouldn't mind seeing. Know, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I I just think it'd be way too biased, man. Because Chris yeah, of Brown, course they Chris, all are, man. Chris, no, Chris Brown got way too many fans on, on the internet. I, I I don't think it's a lot of hardcore hives of Usher on the internet as it is Chris Brown. So yeah, Usher's fan base is old. Yeah, so I think I just get a little irritated before. Because you know we're gonna have Jasmine like, oh, it's about mm-hmm. to be a clean sweep. It's about to be twenty to zip and all oh, this other man. shit. Usher music ain't all that. Oh, oh confessions, uh Lord, it's not better than uh, what's it, what's this album? Hall of Fame or fucking run it. Uh, yeah. This ain't <laughs> better that album was called. Yeah, this ain't better than the debut album. <laughs> so it's, it's gonna be all the crazy hot takes. That's the one part I don't wanna see, but yeah, I agree. We'll we'll see where they go with the verses, man. Um, we're looking forward to the future matchups. Take me in your arms, but please don't fight with me. Yeah. Love me with all your might, let love come This my dear summer. Huh. Problems we may have, whatever. It's like, but it's like I'm walking right into summer, you know what I'm saying? You feel good. Yeah. Look, I got 40 million in place in my 48 cause we did it nigga we major fresh line in the table and splitting cable with neighbors and niggas running with pages not niggas running with rumors like they home what up ladies and gentlemen welcome to a very very special edition we are honored humbled and grateful to have a uh, long awaited guest man and to bring up to update y'all on the gyms induced lore we never really wanted this podcast to be like a guest based co- podcast at first you know because you know He's got things to do and, and things happen, but uh, we did have a wish list originally when we started this podcast, man, and our very first guest was Jack Freeman, you know, the very talented Jack Freeman. Um, we got in touch with him. He's become a friend of the show, but I remember on that first day we had Jack Freeman, we said, man, if you can, put in a word with your boy, Arian Foster, dog. Let's see if he can do the podcast, man. So we finally made it happen, man. We finally... Mm-hmm linked up and we doing it live and in full effect and we are joined by the very talented talented musician talented podcaster and of course still the greatest running back in houston texas history joining us today arian foster is on the gems and juice podcast man we made it happen 
Yes, yes. Round of applause, round of applause, round of applause. So, Aaron, I got to ask you the most important thing first, man. How the fuck you going to fight a wolf with your bear? I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so the main thing I, we ask our guests, man, especially after the pandemic, is uh, how, how, how have you been uh, lately, mentally, spiritually, physically? Um, the lockdown and the, uh, the pandemic and COVID has really affected everybody in a different way. So how have you been and how has it affected your creative process when you, you know, recording or streaming or whatever you've been doing? How, how have you been these past few months? Uh, yeah, man, I've been, um, it's been a wild year for everybody, but I mean, I think I've been a little bit more fortunate than most people. Um, so I think <clears throat> I was in quarantine before all of this happened because I'm kind of a homebody. Um, but, you know, I think it's just weighed heavy on everybody, man. Um, just emotionally, uh, uh, if you just look at politically, just everything that's going on in the country and uh, you can't help but, you know, be involved from that aspect. And so, um, and of course, everybody got personal stuff that they're going through as well, which is, which is tough. But, um, you know, I just try to take things, you know, you know, relatively, I've, I've, I've had a, you know, I've been lucky you know, in my life. And so, uh, yeah, I'm grateful, but, um, it's still, you know, the times weigh heavy on me as well. I, f I feel you, man. And, uh, we didn't really get to talk to a whole lot of people about the, uh, the whole George Floyd thing situation as well. Uh, but, but has that event, I know like it, it, for a lot of people, it's more so, you know, this is America. We know what this country is. Uh, but ha has that and seeing what's happened since, you know, we had this whole thing with the Capitol, has that changed your perspective any like politically and socially or is it just kind of, you know, and we, we know what it is. What's your perspective on that? Well, no, I just, I just validified it. Right. Um, mm. Or solidified it. <clears throat> uh, I was one of the players that that knelt with Cap in 2016. Yeah. Um, really, when the the wave of, of social justice started to take form in this country um, and uh, just kind of seeing it build from there. You know, I've, I've stayed involved, you know, I do things in, in local communities and uh, stuff back home all the time, but uh, to see, to see it mainstream, like this kind of weird. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you see, when you see uh, like black lives matter on the NBA basketball courts, like, I, I don't know. I still don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's a whole separate conversation, but you know, I mean, George Floyd was kind of like the tipping point for the country when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I think as black folk, um, well, certain type of black folk, cause you know, not all, all skin folk ain't kin folk, but if you, if you've experienced a certain type of experience in this country, you, you understand what it has been and what it, what it's going to be until, you know, the, like real change is implemented on a, uh, policy level. And so, uh, we, uh, just looking at it from the sidelines and, and uh, just, you know, doing my part to be a good citizen. Uh, you can't help, but, you know, feel the effects of what's going on. The the NFL tweet in that MLK tweet kind of pissed me off a little bit when I seen that. It's yeah. just like, man, <clears throat> I don't yeah, it, I, mean, I feel like it's all for show at this point. I, yeah. I, I'm, I've been on record saying that a bunch of, about the NFL is that they're not, proactive they're reactive and they do things if it affects their bottom dollar like so when when cap and us was kneeling they were telling us to stand they were supporting ownership 
that uh, was chastising us. They were they were they were supporting ownership that that gave money to a candidate that called us sons of bitches, um, yep. and they didn't they didn't have our backs. But now, fast forward four or five years later, when it's savvy, it's cool, it's it's uh, it's Trendy. okay to be to socially conscious. Um, and now you tweeting shit like this, and now you saying Black Lives Matter when that's all we were saying in the first place. And so, um, I mean, I, I get it, you know, they have to affect, they have, they have a business to run, but it's like anything else in this country, man. Business, um, is usually bad morals. Yeah. And, and that, that brings up too, man, because, uh, you mentioned that you were one of the players who knelt with cap. Um, and I always respected that, man. I respected the people, the ones who, uh, knelt mm-hmm. when it was a real risk involved, you know, we saw what happened to cap, you know, he's out the league when he shouldn't be. But now, uh, what is your pers- what what is your thoughts on kneeling now? Because it's a lot more pervasive in the NFL and the NBA does some demonstrations as well. Um, I kind of feel like personally, even though I respect the players for doing it, I feel like it's kind of toothless now because now it's you can do it with no repercussions and it's kind of you know not a demonstration that it used to be. Now it's kind of you know we Jerry Jones did it, man. Come on, so he didn't do now, it, he didn't do it during. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) He did it before, but he's still like, now it's more of a uh, photo op, I feel. So what are your thoughts on kneeling? Do you think it's still an important display for players to do, or do you think it's kind of, you know, kind of played out at this point? Well, I mean, I think the zeitgeist of America kind of views it as as played out, but it's, it's, it's strictly contingent on that player, right? And so... That's what protests are for. If that player feels like he wants to voice whatever he wants to voice or whatever she wants to voice, then that's what protests are for. And I don't discourage it and I don't knock it. But uh, to pretend like kneeling in 2021 is the same as it is as kneeling in 2016, it's not It's not the same. Um, uh, what The only thing I get upset about is if I see or hear players that were around then uh, – that are for it now, but didn't, they were silent then or didn't participate then it's, it, it, it's, it just shows a little bit of, um, uh, it's just a little bit of disingenuousness in my opinion, but it's like, no, it's no hard feelings, but it's just like, yo, because it was when we were doing it, it was like, yo, we, I lost family members because of that shit. Like death threats like it was a real it was it was in the thick of it and like we were looking for people to support us like to help support we literally had the president of the united states calling us sons of bitches like it was wild mm-hmm. um and so we were we needed y'all then and so now it's like you got all these corporate america brands safe now saying black lives matter and shit and which is cool which i believe them when they start putting money in our communities that's when i'll believe them but until then it's, it's just kind of like a farce it's like it's it's easy to do now it's it's easy to say because it's actually profitable. I feel you, man. I feel the same way, honestly. I feel like a lot, it's become kind of a photo op and, and more of a, you know, it's not, it's not what it used to be. But what, what do you think, do you think the NFL can really do anything at this point to uh, uh, kind of make, make the situation better in terms of how they handled the kneeling in the first place and how they've uh, operated in terms of, you know, diversity and is there anything they can do that would make it feel genuine or is it always going to kind of have that feeling of, Oh, y'all just doing it because it's hot now. Like, is there anything they can do that you believe that would change the perception? 
Oh yeah, they won't. But oh yeah, there's things they can do. They can <laughs> they can donate specific money to the local communities in the cities that they represent, right? Like actually rebuilding schools, refurbishing neighborhoods, um, uh, giving out scholarships to black youth. Um, uh, then they can um, uh, they can they can ban their their ownership. Because if you if you're if you're an owner in the NFL, you can't donate to political campaigns like shit like that. Mm. Um, th- then I'll believe it. But until then, it's just it is what it is. You have a 70, what, 80, 80 percent of the NFL is black and you've got 100 percent. Oh, I mean, I think they have one owner who's. Um, uh, yeah, Shad Khan, maybe. Yeah, He's yeah. white. Uh, mm. But the rest of them are, are white Republicans and they donate to Republican campaigns. And it's like they protecting their interests and those interests go against the black lives you say that matter. So <laughs> I don't like, I don't see the, it just looks like a front to me. So they, they can do things for sure, but they won't because the NFL is all about money. That's all they care about. They used to, I mean, shit, they buried uh, CTE studies. Yep. Yeah. It's like, they don't care. They don't care about player safety. They don't get, they don't give a fuck about none of that. All they care about is their bottom dollar, which is cool. That's the kind of world we live in. We live in a capitalist society where profit is above all else. And, that's what's that's what shows. I feel you, man. Um, and I got to I, I always kind of wondered, what's your relationship with football right now as well? Um, because I know um, you retired in 2016. Um, and I know I think originally like, cl- close to when you were done, but you were uh, doing more things in terms of podcasts. I think you were on Rogan. You said at one point, if you could do it all over again, you probably wouldn't play football. You would mm-hmm. probably study something else in college. So what what is uh, this extra time uh, since retirement? As your perspective changed, do you still kind of feel like you you could have done something else rather than play football, or are you have you? Or, or, I know you don't follow the game. You know, I knew I would. I knew I would never see you on Monday Night Countdown. I knew when you retired, <laughs> I was like, we ain't gonna see him breaking down the game. Uh, with Booger McFarland, Randy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was never going to see you there, but has your relationship with the game changed? And do you watch it more, or is it still kind of you know it's a time in your life that's gone now? It's definitely a time in my life that's gone, so I don't follow it like I used to. Right, like I used to know everybody in the league, and when college players was coming up, I used to follow their careers. Like I was in love with the game. Um, I just I think the like the perception of it has changed since I've been in the. I was a cog in the wheel, so like it was kind of skewed my 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 taste of it, and so uh, I still I still have a lot of love and respect for the game. It changed, you know, the trajectory of my life and my family's life. So I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to present it. Uh, granted, I work for it, but um, as far as now, if there's a big game on, like I'll check out the uh, the AFC Championship games. I'm going to check out the Super Bowl, of course. Uh, uh, playoff game, big, any any kind of big game I want to see if I like a player, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. But it's, I'm not I'm not stat watching. You know, I'm a, I'm in a fantasy league with a couple of um, with a lot of players that I used to play with, so you know, I'll, I'll check the stats and stuff like that. But um, it's nothing that I'm like uh, like I don't care who wins, and I'm not like gung ho about like anybody. Like it's just I'm just a fan. Like I just watch casually like any any other fan. <laughs> That's how I watch. I think a lot of fans are way more invested, but I, I watch it the same way. I'm just passionate at this point, man, especially growing up in Houston. I'm just like, I, I, whatever the result is, man, it's 
I'm rolling yeah. with it. They wilding now. I don't know. What was your thoughts when you seen Andre Johnson tweet what he tweeted? <laughs> because I was, I think the whole world was shocked, man. Because yeah. dude, haven't tweeted since like 2019. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, no, I, I came in the league 2009. That's when I got on Twitter. And I started following Dre when I got to Houston. Like he may have like what, like three hundred tweets total or some shit like that. I don't know. Like I've never seen him tweet. And if he does, it's like a retweet or you know he was posting Instagram or something like that. Like, but I, I've never seen him really tweet like that. His thoughts. <laughs> and plus, I know the cat, right? And so it's like he just don't have much to say. To to say, um, like like dog, I play with like like I said, my rookie year, I didn't speak to the man until like mid season, like. <laughs> And just don't talk. And like when you're a rookie, like you don't got a lot to say to Dre, right? Undrafted rookie. Like I just had nothing to say and he didn't have nothing to say to me. So uh, we don't really speak like that. But then like, you know, once, you know, I got to doing my thing, you know, we got comfortable and that's now it's my brother. But uh, this one thing I know about Dre is that, like anybody that knows him knows like if he talks, like you listen because he don't have, like he don't have critiques. He's not out here for clout like he ain't trying to chase nothing like he just he speaks what he feels and right now he feels like that organization is in disarray and um i mean knowing what i know from it you know it has been kind of on the free fall for a while now um but uh yeah it was wild to see him voice himself like that in a public way because that's usually not his style <laughs> yeah i i, I want to ask you about a specific part of his tweet too man because that always hit with me and i always kind of wondered how the great players in houston texans history really feel about their time here i'm sure a lot of them are like you are where they're grateful you know they made money played in the league for a while but i wonder you know the all-time grace of people like uh andre you uh soon to be deshaun watson uh i i sometimes wonder like because what, what Andre Johnson said in his tweet, he said the Texans are known for wasting players' careers, which was a hard line, man. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering how you feel about that. Do you, do you agree? Do you feel like the organization is – I know the organization is different now from when you were in it. You know, you don't know Jack Easterby. Uh, Bob McNair is gone now. His son is running the show. But do, do you feel like the organization is known for that? And is it dysfunctional <laughs> in your opinion? Uh, I mean, I don't, I can't really call it, man, because when I was there, um, my mindset was different. I mean, to be a hundred, like, I mean, this is this, Houston fans probably gonna hate this, but it's like, man, I, I grew up in the ghetto, man. I, 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 I grew up. I wanted to make money in the NFL, and mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. And so I'll give you my all. Like I'll give you my all. Like I gave everything I had. I did everything I could to stay healthy, and I did everything I could to help the team win. But at the end of the day, I mean, the score, like, it just didn't really matter like that to me. Like, and that's probably mm-hmm. hard for fans to understand. But it's like, I, I was just like, yo, I'm going to do my job the best I can because I, I think about it a little differently. And it's not like, yo, I don't care if we win or lose. It wasn't like that. It was just more like, I understand this, that there's 11 players on the field at one time. And then you have a whole nother side of the ball where there's 11 players. Then you have special teams where there's 11 players. Like, I can only do so much. Like, and even then, like, I used to, like, I, it, it was it was wild having your entire career and your entire livelihood based on, like, yo, if I don't have a good offensive line, I'm not going to eat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a weird place to live in, right? So it's like, I have to, I'm only good contingent on if these guys are good. And so I was always taking care of my guys, right? But, Shout um, and, 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 and luckily I did. I had a good offensive line, but a lot of cats don't. And so it's like, 
it's discouraging. Like I could, I could feel great. I could do everything the right way. I could, I could, I could practice my ass off. I could work hard in the off season. And then if, and if my guys around me aren't clicking, we're not, we're going to lose. And so I kind of disassociated like the feelings from that of like, Oh, we lost. Like it is like, it is what it is. You win some, you lose some. And so it's like, it sucks. Like I wanted to win, but it's like, and so I don't look at like, 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 yo, we wasted careers. I think they, they have a business they're running. Just like I had a business I was running. My body was my business. And I was doing everything that I could to stay healthy and to stay on the field and, and to produce so that I can get as much capital as possible. That That's how I looked at it. It was a business to me. Um, And I know fans don't really understand that part. They probably can't empathize with that part. But that's what it was for a lot of us. Um, when you, I think when you look at guys like Dre, when he's a Hall of Famer, so in his mind, like his legacy is what he was chasing, right? And... I think the legacy is motivating, but I think there was a certain point in my career where I stopped giving a shit about legacy because I rationalized it in my head. Like legacy is just like niggas arguing in a barbershop over how good you was or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like my real legacy was like, you know, I'm giving my mother a house. I'm giving my father a house. Like that was my legacy in my head. So it's like, I'll do every everything that I can for the guys that are, that are, that are banging with me out here on the field. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to get caught in the emotional like, who you bringing in to help us win or like, because it's like, I don't have no control over that. And they ain't never checking for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why should I check for them? So I understand what he's saying. It's just, I never really looked at it that way. Um, but I do know that the organization, you know, they had their struggles bringing in free agents, which I never really understood. Um, they have their struggles in communicating with players. Uh, I've always thought this about the NFL in general, but uh, you know, my experiences with Houston was that they really didn't give a fuck about how you felt. And what you said, it was like, you do what we say. And that's another, you know, variable as to why I was like disassociated from the win and loss shit, because it was like, I don't give a fuck about my input. Like, that's what I never understood is like, how can maybe three coaches tops played at that level? They just been around the game. Right. And so how the fuck can you not have input for people doing that at a high level who are in it? I never understood that shit. And so once you realize that, yo, you just a chess piece, then for me, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to do what I can. I'm going to play, play hard, do my thing, take care of my dudes. But I'm, I'm here for a purpose, just like they are. That's the funny thing, too, the fact that fans can't empathize with that, because I always understood that, man. Like, yeah. look, you, you can only do so much as one player on a team with 50 some players on it. But I always understood because, man, most of us at our regular ass jobs don't be trying that hard. You know, we <laughs> do enough thing. to get by. Yeah. I worked at Best Buy for like seven years, man. I never gave a shit about being a number one store or beating out the <laughs> rival stores. I'm like, man, yeah. just as long as I keep my job and the paycheck clear, like yeah. I'm straight, man. So, I, yeah. And most people at their job is like that, dog. They they yeah. doing yeah. the least. Yeah. <laughs> just enough I, to I mean, not get fired. You, you, you really, you're really right though. Honestly, like a lot of, a lot. Of, I mean, you, the, I think the, the, the best analogy for that is backup quarterbacks, bro. Yep. <laughs> that it may be one backup quarterback in the league who's like, I'm finna take this dude's spot. The majority of them are just like, man, I'm chilling. I hope this nigga don't get hurt. <laughs> I ain't, I am not like buddy, like buddy who just uh came in for the uh for the divisional round. Um, Chad Henney. Yeah. <laughs> He, he did not want to go in that game, bro. I promise you. <laughs> bro, he just, wanted to, he just wanted to chill, put the headset on, and collect checks. I promise you, dog. But, like, I mean, that's how it is in general. But the difference is, like, there's only 32 job opportunities in your specific position. 
And so you got to work your ass off in order to keep that shit because niggas is coming for you behind you. So that's that's the difference. But it's the same concept, like as far yeah. as like, like dog. I'm not. Of course, niggas want to win, and I'm sure you'll find those guys, right? I'm sure you got <laughs> your, you know, your Captain Americas out there who'll be like, no, I, I, I'm gonna do this. What we gonna win for the Gipper? Like, sure, man. I remember, I remember one time I was watching, um, I was watching ESPN, and it was um, Ladanian Thompson, and Teddy Broski. They was talking, uh, and and they asked a que- they asked him a question. They said, "Would you rather be? Would you rather have a Hall of Fame career or win a Super Bowl? But you can only do one." And Danny Thompson was like, "I'd rather have a Hall of Fame career." And Teddy Bruce was like, "I'd rather win a Super Bowl." And I'm like, "Well, get your, get your ass out of here!" <laughs> it's just such a like one for the Gipper ass attitude. I'm like, yes. "Dog, if I was a Hall of Famer, I did everything in my power, and I was elite. If you yeah. just won a Super Bowl, you could have been." Barely making a roster. Backup like, quarterback, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to hear that <laughs> shit. So it's like, I'll do whatever I can, but if at the end of the day, I have no control over these moves. So it is what it is. And what do the Super Bowls really mean, though? Like, as far as Nothing. like the rings, you can't take that fucking trophy. <laughs> they keep that shit at the facility. Yeah, and like, and, and we used to work with Ted Johnson, who played for the um, Patriots. And mm. I don't even think he know where the, where his rings at. He kind of right. scoff at the rings a little bit. It's like, it's just like, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I just look at sports differently, man. Like, like we live in this like hyper competitive, like we gotta be the best, bro. Go be happy, my nigga. Like, yeah, we have. I feel like it's it's business. And at our jobs too, we hate that one guy who's too into it too, which is the funny (laughs) thing. But we want our athletes to be too into it. But we hate that guy at our job who's too into the job, man. We're like, sit your ass down, man. So I understand one hundred percent what you're saying, man. Sports is the same way. We used to call them. Uh, like call them cats. Yeah, man. like y'all uh, niggas doing too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, like some niggas like I be rah rah before the game and shit. Yes. Watch the niggas in the back of the in the back of the huddle. Watch the, like, bro, if this nigga don't stop this bullshit. Yeah. When when Jameis Winston Jay, ate that. That. <laughs> that was one of the worst. Like, bro. Like, yeah, that's, what, what, that's, that's, that's it right there. That's that's. The, and what, no what would your reaction have been? <laughs> what would your reaction have been if he did that? I'd, in front have, of I'd have just watched him. I'd have been like, "That's that's why." Right I think it was like ten niggas that was around watching. Like, what the fuck is he like, doing? Like, nobody was hyped. Like, it was like, I, don't know. I, I felt oh, bad. Man. It was like it was a bad was a bear for him. That was that was tough, man. I feel I fell for him at that point, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, want to get your thoughts on a, a college football. You've been very outspoken on, you know, college athletes and how it's basically extortion. You know, p- people playing for free, um, making these colleges a lot of money while they're putting their lives at risk, their bodies at risk. Um, the NCAA is trying to make some changes, apparently, to where people can get played or get paid for their likeness while in the league. I'm sure you're aware of this. Do you think this is a step in the right direction or do you think it's just something, again, they're doing all for show or just to make the appearance that they are making some changes to help athletes when it's still the same thing? What did they do? I missed what you said. You said they're doing what? I, I believe they, they made some changes as to where uh, students can get paid for the likeness now. Yeah. I think um, I could be wrong. Now I'm yeah, questioning. I think, I think yeah, no, no, no. It, was, it, was, it was a legislation. I think it was Cali- in California and, they, and it's going to uh, be active 2023, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I okay. saw it, and so all it is is they just prolonging the inevitable. If you're, this is just funny about this shit. 
Republicans are free market capitalists, right? They believe in a free market. The majority of people that oppose NCAA athletes are like a Republican of that Republican mindset, right? They're amateur athletes. But what they're doing is they're limiting the free market. And this is this is a tough conversation to get into because of the all the implications. But long story short, they don't have a choice but to pay their workers. And it's gonna and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna keep they're gonna keep whittling, whittling away at this until they have to, all right, we gotta sign these checks. Um uh I've been screaming it for years again before it was popular. I got <laughs> crucified when I did it and I was on that mm-hmm. um uh documentary School the Price of Sports, which is a dope documentary. Yeah. Um, but now it's becoming more and more kind of like popular to to chastise the NCAA because everybody's starting to realize, like, yo, this is a criminal industry. They're literally extorting cats. Um all under the guise of of what they made up, amateur athletics. And so I think it's just they're appealing to the masses and they're just feeding them crumbs until the wall breaks. I mean, until the dam breaks and the dam is going to break. They know it too. The dude that started the NCAA, the, he died, but the founder, before he died, he was like, this is unsustainable. We didn't know it was gonna get to the, to the height of what it's at now. It's unsustainable. We're gonna have to change. He said that, but these old fucks at the NCAA still holding on to this shit, this amateur bullshit. And it's all nonsense. And they got the fans hoodwinked. They even got players hoodwinked. They got these cats yeah. thinking it's illegal to take money for your labor. That's literally what our country was built on. Well, free mm-hmm. labor, but <laughs> <laughs> so not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> but our, 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 our country is supposed to be founded on free market capitalism, where you you provide a service and you get paid for your service and, and, and workers are supposed to unionize and have rights and all of this stuff. And we don't have it when it comes to college sports because they're amateurs and it's it's nonsense. I feel you, man. It really is a kind of sense of brainwashing to where everybody just accepted this as being normal, where in any other industry, you wouldn't accept anything like this. But since it's sports, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. So very odd dynamic there. Uh, do, do you think the NCAA should have played games, uh, college football games this year? I know we had a lot of athletes come out there crying. Trevor Lawrence made a whole statement saying we got to play guys when all these conferences were talking about canceling the season. And they eventually all folded and went along with it anyway. Of course, you know, there was a lot of games canceled and it was kind of a useless season, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, do you think they should even play games to begin with for this season during COVID? Nope. I don't think the NFL should have either. But people place, like I said, people place profit over people in this country. That's just what it is. Um, I understand kids wanting to play. But and he he ended up getting COVID too, too didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> I think that's the thing, yeah. man. Is is we don't we don't one hundred percent understand this uh, this virus. We don't we don't we don't one hundred percent understand the adverse effects. Like um, one of my family members got it, and uh, they have like uh, heart issues where it's like they they their resting heart would be like one twenty, mm-hmm. and it's like we don't know we don't know if that's gonna go away if it's gonna continue. Like we don't know one hundred percent what's gonna happen. And that shit is scary, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at, uh, not to get too much into politics, but if you look at how our country has handled it versus other countries, uh, we're doing horribly. Like, dog, I just got back in town because uh, I drove. I drove to my mother's for Thanksgiving, I mean, for uh, Christmas. Uh, and I had been quarantined up until that point. So it's like, I'm not, nobody can come over. Like, I've been at the crib. And same with her because she's super, like, 
paranoid about it until I drove. But as I'm driving around, I'm like, yo, it looks like business is wide open. People <laughs> just doing whatever they want. They like this was what kills me. Like niggas be in restaurants or like they'll have they have a, a sign on, on a restaurant, like no mask, no service. And then they go sit down at a bar and you can take your mask off. I'm like, why the fuck do you need a mask then? Like it just COVID stops when you sit at the bar. Like it's just stupid shit. But it's like literally have four hundred thousand deaths, people dying every single day, and you know, the conspiracy theorists saying it's it's not real. So it's like it's just the world we live in. It's like I think it was a prime opportunity to show uh some kind of unity with our scientific community and saying like we understand the depth of the situation and all this shit can be put on hold i think the only people that did it right was the nba and they can like they literally was in a bubble nope testing and y'all ain't, y'all ain't leaving and like this that's to me the the best way to do it. but all the rest of this is just like it's silly man yeah fig figgy figgy dead with covid man so yeah we yeah. definitely know firsthand like it was it was oh, rough it? yeah it was bad i got it um my wife tested positive on december 8th and i was work i was at the station working she texted me like hey i think you should leave i tested positive so i'm like oh shit so after the show i went i went to go get tested and she uh oh the test came back negative like a couple days a couple days after but that night, I was sick as hell. Like, I just got super sick, and it took me like a month. I'm still trying to get over it a little bit. Like, I still got my yeah. cough. I had shortness of breath. I was fatigued. I had, man, feet, nonstop fevers. And it was frustrating yeah. because I would go to the hospital, and I felt like I would leave without them, without really feeling better or them knowing what went on. So it's like I'm paying all this money for them to give me some Tylenol or coughing pearls or something and it's just like man like I, I left like man they don't they don't know what this is so yeah, i'm wasting my money <laughs> uh, yeah, going they, they we, we don't know what this shit is yet dog that shit is scary man like and there's also like new strands that are uh evolving it's like yeah. dog this shit is not over like this was crazy it's like everybody's like everybody's sick of being in the house or, or just the you know talking about it but it's like this shit is still happening and whether you like it or not and I was like, bro, I refuse to get this shit. Though. Like, niggas cannot come over and be like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you tell them, like, yo, you, you go get tested. If you, they be acting like you asking them to get an STD test or something. Like, bro, yeah. got it, dog. <laughs> the thing that bothered me about the test initially, man, is like they, the testing centers had like a bunch of people lined up right next to each other. So I'm <laughs> like, if these motherfuckers really do have COVID, it's just spreading right. in the line while you're waiting to get your right. COVID test, man. I wasn't Jeez, a fan of that. Man. But uh, are you taking the vaccine, though, Arian? Do you trust the vaccine? I do. I I trust science, man. I do. Um, If you look at, because I did, I did deep dives into like um, I'm like I'm a super science like nerd. I love science. I read physics shit. Um, But like I I did a deep dive into vaccines a while back, and uh, I know, especially the black community, we have a a super uh, distrust when it comes to doctors, and rightfully so, man. This country has. Mm-hmm. Has shown its 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 colors when it comes to us, um, but we're living in a different age and time now. And I know that's a controversial statement. I know I can get towed for that shit. But <laughs> um, uh, if you look at the the advantages and the the and what vaccines have done to the human family, and it has tremendously impacted our lives and and expanded our lifespans tremendously. I'm talking with it's not even measurable how much it's helped us and uh we know what we're doing when it comes to these things um 
I know people have distrust in the government and the and big pharma and all of this shit. But uh, uh, when it comes to something like this, man, I don't play with it um, because they've actually have been predicting this for a while. Like if you if you, if you follow like the, like this like I follow a bunch of like science stuff. Um, like my my stepfather's a geneticist, and so <clears throat> just reading the literature in that in that area, they have been predicting some kind of virus or some kind of like even a super bug, like for bacteria as well, which will probably happen in the near future because people are taking antibiotics at a high rate when they don't really need it. And so they've been predicting something like this for a while. Um, and so uh, it's it's just something that we have to, like, I'm not a virologist, right? You not a virologist, like niggas is not virologists. And so to sit here and say like, oh, they're trying to poison me when you have no fucking clue is just <laughs> asinine. And it's, it's, I don't know, like there's certain things you just have to take a back seat for. Like you don't know, nigga, niggas don't go to Tylenol or to go get Tylenol or, or, or NyQuil and be like, man, they're trying to poison me. It's like, it's Tylenol, yeah. NyQuil, dog. Like, <laughs> but it, people for some reason feel like they know better because they auntie passed them a Facebook post and yeah that's, and that's yeah. the main thing man that's the part to get me because it be dudes that's out here out and about and doing all type of wild shit but don't want to take the vaccine mm-hmm. like bro you out here sniffing cocaine you doing all type of molly <laughs> <laughs> you doing all type of shit but the vaccine is where you cross the li- where you yeah. cross the line <laughs> That too going going raw yeah but the vaccine too much though <laughs> The conspiracy theorists starting to get on my nerves, man. I got to say, I, I will entertain a lot just to keep an open mind. But the switch up is starting to kill me, man, because right. when somebody dies of COVID, they say, well, he was 80 something years old. But then they point to Hank Aaron getting the vaccine at, and he died. He was, what, 86, I believe, something like that. And now they're saying the vaccine killed him. So it's like, you know, y'all, y'all I, just I never stop. I haven't even, even heard that one yet. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. <laughs> no, that, that is legit going around now on social media. Oh, People fuck, saying the, oh, vac- the vaccine killed yeah. Hank Aaron at 86 years old. So I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing about the internet is like, you can, it's a tool and you can use that shit to really educate yourself. But it is also a tool and you can use that to harm yourself and others. And if you just out here, just what, like, try to understand or I always like try to try to care about what you think try to care about that shit because if you're just out here and everything looks the same then everything is the same and and, it, and, and all information is good information and it's just not the case yeah. man it's like there's ways to fact check there's ways to source information and if you don't care about the process of sourcing information then you're susceptible to all of that shit man and it's just a rabbit hole after rabbit hole next thing you know Bill Gates is trying to microchip you and the earth is flat. It's like, dog, you got to stop. Poor Bill Gates had to reply, lock his tweet about getting the vaccine because it was going to be a cesspool of people. Not poor. He's not poor. Yeah. Well, I know, yeah. I I didn't mean it in that financial sense, but yeah. Uh, They was tearing his ass up for like fucking... The, yeah. the whole conspiracy theorists were fucking going no question. down on him. No man. question. So, it's just wild. That's yeah, tough, man. It is tough. I wish people realize how simple it is to actually get real information on the internet. Google is right there, y'all. You're already on your phone. Well, that's the <laughs> thing don't they trust don't respect, a random. Yeah, like cats don't respect, <laughs> like, um, like uh, one of my buddies, Neil Brennan, he put out this tweet the other day that was yeah. like, yo, like, how do you, um, how do you, I'm a, it up but he said something like if you're if you're uh, an expert in the field 
how do you say that you're an expert and give your opinion without somebody calling you an elitist? And that's what it is. It's like, yo, somebody studied their entire life, 20 years to give you this information. And you're like, mm, <laughs> I don't know, my G. I don't know, dog. I'm a, I seen this post the other day that was pretty convincing. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. And my favorite <laughs> argument is when somebody presents some bullshit and then just tells you to go do the research. <laughs> like, wait, what? And then they give you a YouTube link. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> just hilarious, man. Yeah. I like I like Neil Brennan too. He was tripping about that parasite shit, but but besides that, I you told I told I told him that too. I was like, you That's good. <laughs> that shit was amazing. People, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was tripping about that movie, man. But other everything else, he cool though. He cool. Yeah, that's my dude. Uh, so we got to ask you, we are a hip hop podcast, man. And we, we are big fans of your work. Uh, we listened to your debut album, Koval, uh, Flamingo and Koval. Um, also, you had a uh, EP come out in last year as well, uh, a late February. We're fans of that as well. Love your work with uh, Jack Freeman. I feel like you guys are like the new age Jay-Z and R. Kelly before the bullshit, you know, before the <laughs> controversy happened. Like y'all, y'all sound really good together is what I'm saying, man. I'm not saying like any of y'all inside of this shit, but uh, so, so are you still recording and do you have a new album coming out on the horizon anytime soon? Yeah, I'm, I've, I've made music for, since I was 12 years old, man. It's one of my passions. Um, actually when it was like 2011, when I was still in the league, <clears throat> word got around somehow that I made music and um, Bun B hit me and he was like, let's, let's, let's cook. And so I got a couple of tracks with Bun that I'll never release, but. Um, Wait, never uh, release. <laughs> yeah, I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna let them fly though. Oh, oh, come on, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we can cook on some new shit, I highlight it. But uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I've been, I've been making music forever. So I'll always make music. I probably just, you know, there'll come a time where I'll stop the releasing it. But I just actually finished uh, another album, I actually signed uh, with Mass Appeal. It's Nas's record label. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I just finished the masters actually like last week, and so with I'm, I'm hoping to get this thing out by February. Um, we'll see, and so I'm really excited about it. I feel like it's my best work, and um, I got some really dope features on there. I got Sai High the Prince is on there. Um, Jack is also on two of the tracks. Um, okay. Uh, but a buddy that I tour with, he's a white boy, but he nice. Um, uh, Marlon Craft. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have to qualify that. That's just horrible. Yeah, I like uh, the qualification. Good dude. Good. Really good dude, too, man. But um, really nice. And so I, I toured with him before this COVID shit hit. Like, we was on tour. Um, And, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I'll i always make that. It was my first love, so. Okay. Okay. Well, looking forward to the new projects, man. We're definitely a big fan of it here. And yeah, we really love your work, man. So definitely, if you ever do another show again, I know shows are a distant memory because of COVID, but if yeah. we do another one in Houston, man, we definitely gonna be there. So that's love, that's love. <laughs> sir. Do you see yourself going to another concert some sometime in the future? Because I I, 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 don't, I just don't feel comfortable going to a big place like that with a bunch of people now. It just seemed kind of weird. Yeah. Funny shit, I, I'll be watching movies and shit now, and like there'll be a crowd or whatever. I'm like, where are niggas masks? <laughs> I'm like, man, it's like in the back like, of my head. They all on top I don't of think each other. I don't think it's gonna be safe to do that until maybe 2022, like maybe 2023. Like I don't, like I don't, you know what I'm saying? It just depends because America, like, like I got, I got, I got a homegirl from Australia, and she's like, they have zero cases over there. I got a, right. uh, somebody else was telling me, um, there's somewhere else. I think South Korea, um, they're like having concerts and shit now. 
And so yeah. it's like, but they did what they had to do. And so it's like here, it's like, we're just so stuck on my freedom that like if, <laughs> if niggas, like little dog, if niggas just stayed inside for a month, this shit would go away. It should be gone, but they can't and they won't. And so it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't really like big concerts anyways. I like little shit like House of Blues or something like that. Like I'm not yeah. like, a, I won't go to stadiums. Like I remember I went to, my last concert I went to was um, the Watch the Throne tour. And oh, that was okay. it. That was a Toyota Center, I believe. I hated it. I love Jay-Z. Mm. He's, 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 in my opinion, the best rapper ever. But like, this is too Same. many people, dog. Like, I just, it don't feel intimate. I like intimate venues with like live instruments. I like that type of feel. Yeah. That's what I miss the I, I most feel, is live music, though. I miss that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the stadium thing either, man. Like, I went to go see Jay-Z at ACL a couple years ago as well. Um, first time finally seeing him live. He's also my favorite rapper of all time. But I did not have a good time there, man. It was too many people packed up together next to each other, stanking. Mm-hmm. You get sick <laughs> when you go there. This is before COVID. You would get sick at a festival, man. Yeah. Petri dish and shit over there, man. Yeah. Too close to people. That's the one thing, so, though. Like, I'm going to keep the mask thing after COVID is done. Yeah. Me too. Because it's like... Like 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 flu cases of I know conspiracy theories they 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 take this the wrong way they're like well there's no flu isn't that funny like no niggas ain't yeah. niggas wearing masks that's why <laughs> but like so like it lessens your chance to, to to get that too and like when I get the flu I'm like a baby dog like I be mm-hmm. in a fetal position can't move like body be hurting so it's like I hate getting the flu so it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do the mask thing after COVID man yeah I'm down with it too man the mask look cool as shit. I like going outside looking like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, man. It's cool. It don't really bother you. It don't, it don't really bother me now. Like, I don't mind wearing it. Like, I know a yeah. lot. I know early on it was kind of weird, but now it's just like, man, I don't mind wearing it around people. So, yeah. yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm, I prefer it now, actually. Yeah. I feel you. All right, Aaron, before we let you go, man, we wanted to have a little fun. Um, we, we get a little conspiratorial on this podcast sometimes, just kicking around some theories that people have and and decide whether we rock with it or not. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on these things, man. We'll call this Conspiracy Corner with Arian Foster. Uh, we just want to kick around some popular conspiracy theories and see what your thoughts on them are, man. So Figgy got some, too. I got some as well. And I'll kick it off with the most basic one imaginable. Um, do aliens exist? You want me to expound? Do you yeah. believe they exist? <laughs> and if so, to what level? <laughs> okay. I am is... as certain as somebody could be that they exist. This is a gap. This is a universe that has, well, see, like our, our galaxy has billions of stars with billions of planets orbiting them. We have billions of galaxies out there. Billions upon billions of galaxies. The, just the pure mathematics of life and probability uh it's almost certain that life exists outside of us so yes i go yes do you think intelligent life exists is there a galactic federation that is waiting to contact earth like has been theorized by some israeli politician or whatever whoever that was he jacked that from star trek (laughs) yeah he did yeah they're waiting for us to yeah i do i am a star trek fan deep space nine is a shit Okay, so I'm, I'm next generation, but uh, okay. Uh, have you watched the new the Discovery? I haven't. I've heard some bad things, man. I, no, is it bro, good? crack it open. Crack it. Okay, open. okay. I'm telling you, though. Well, you have to understand, it's like a prequel. So it's like this was this is before the original series. Mm-hmm. 
And so it kind of sets all of that up. And so it's like really dope how it does that. But anyway. Okay, I'll check um, it out. Enterprise was a prequel too, but that sucks. So I wasn't, I was kind of wary on it, but I'll, I'll check it out. I, did, I trust well, you. Well, Inter- Enterprise was, uh, it's actually important in, 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 in the, uh, in Discovery because the Enterprise was the Terran universe. It was another universe. So it's like, oh, okay. So it, it, it's, it makes sense. This is, this is why Discovery is so dope. It kind of ties it all together, which is really fucking Okay. Dope. I'm going to check it um, out. It's really dope. Uh, plus, the graphics are way better. Like, it's, it's fire. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I would say yes. Uh, I would say the statistical probability of intelligent life. I don't know about a federation and shit. I don't, we can't even get along with ourselves. <laughs> I, I don't know about <laughs> niggas from other galaxies and shit. But um, I would say that intelligent life, the probability is... Uh, that's a, a Drake equation about that. I don't know how updated it is, but there's actually an equation that says, yeah, more than likely intelligent life exists. Okay. Okay. I'm rocking with it. I'm, I'm, I'm Figgy, do you believe aliens exist? I don't think I ever asked you this. Do you believe aliens I, I exist? Think, I think so. I can't really expand on it, but I think so, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Figgy, what's your conspiracy you want to kick off? Oh, Young, you can keep going. You can keep going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we going to keep it basic at first. Uh, Bigfoot, does he exist? Nah, I can't rock with that one, man. <laughs> I can't rock with mm. that one, man. Like, we got too many cell phones and shit nowadays. Like, nigga. <laughs> he, here, the, the latest theory I heard as to why we still haven't found him is that he is a transdimensional being. Oh, he can okay. somehow yeah. enter the fourth dimension at will, and we can't perceive him. So, gotcha. but he comes out sometimes, and that's when the infamous pictures are taken. So, gotcha, gotcha. that's the last theory I heard. I don't really rock Tran- it. But... Transdimensional being, this nigga don't got no clothes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I guess it's like the Stranger Things type thing or something. He's just walking through gotcha. the dimensions, yeah. but okay. Can't, can't rock okay. with that one, man. Can't rock with that one. Okay. So, no, I'm Bigfoot. Okay. Um, let's get a little, little bit deeper. Um, did Jeffrey Epstein commit suicide? <laughs> I will I will preface this with I didn't look enough into it. Mm-hmm. But from what I did read, the few articles that I did read, I find it unlikely that this nigga was on suicide watch and committed suicide. But I just don't I'll say I don't know, but I find it unlikely. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one. Did Jay Z did Jay Z really have 92 bricks in the trunk? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. And that's my guy. Come on, fam. You ain't hit that 92 bricks, dog. He was out here like Pablo Escobar, dog. Come on, yeah. fam. Nah. <laughs> nah. What happened to those that's 92 fun. bricks? Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's hip-hop hip hop folklore, man. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> But he said this is all facts in the line, man. He said this is all facts. I don't know Jigga to be a liar. So I don't know, man. man uh, rapper stretch the truth, man. There's no way my nigga had 92 bricks, dog. Lost him, had lie. to fall bad. He had, he had A1 credit, so he bought more crack, Arian. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> your your See, credit score determines how let's much crack that. you can get. Let's do that math. Let's see. Let's say. Let's say a brick is anywhere from seventeen five. Yeah, says. fifteen to thirty. You know, depending on the season. Let's let's call it an even twenty, right? Okay. Let's say you got twenty times ninety two. You running? You running around with one point eight m worth of cocaine on your dog? And nah, lost it. I don't. I can't. I can't. I ain't buying it. I don't know. He had A1 credit, man. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that <laughs> a nigga would have been dead. <laughs> I'm saying, man. Somebody, uh-uh. I can't call it. Uh, hmm. What else coming up? 
Uh, was Gucci Mane cloned? Do clones exist? That's a good one as well. But was Gucci Mane cloned when he went into prison? Did he come out a different Gucci? Yeah, that nigga did setups. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, Gucci won't clone, man. <laughs> okay, but do you do you believe we have the uh, ability to clone people? Uh, I know we can clone sheep. And I think we've done a dog, maybe. Um, but I'm unsure and unaware if we have that capability for humans. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm still, I don't, I don't know where I am with that. I got to get deeper into the conspiracy theories to know whether I believe it or not. But the, the Gucci Mane clone theories were funny, though, man. The, the memes were, were funny, at least. The ice cream changed shape on his face. Don't you see the ice cream? <laughs> the same no more. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's wild. All right, I got one. Is Tupac still alive? I was gonna ask that too. Nah, my my guy is gone, man. And that's my favorite rapper of all time. That's my favorite <laughs> rapper of all time. He he out of here, man. He I agree as well, man. I, I was never like looking looking more into it in the documentaries that came out. I'm like, I, I can't I can't see it happening. <laughs> Plus, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta say too, like if the CIA, I love Tupac, one of my favorite rappers as well. But if I was a CIA, like Tupac was in super ignorant mode when he was killed. So I would probably keep him a lot. I wouldn't assass- I wouldn't move him out. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, he, was, the, he was spitting on so reporters and shit. He was wild. He man. was going crazy, man. So was if I was a CIA my, plotting on him. And that's my dude. I would have kept bro. him around. There was, like, there was like autopsy pictures and shit. Like, yeah. But they said they were fake. They were fake. Man. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, they, they had Photoshop. They Photoshop in 1996. So. 96, okay. 96 Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, what else I got? Um is the NBA draft rigged? I don't think so, man. But I, I, it's kind of wild that these niggas is really pulling balls out of a fucking thing rather than having a system. <laughs> like that's shit yeah. is stupid to me. Why they don't, they that? don't show the, they don't show the balls no more, man. They don't show they the don't balls. Show that on, not on TV, nah. See, and that's how, that's how conspiracy theories start is like no transparency. Just be transparent. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I, I think the NBA draft is rigged for several, re- four reasons. Number one, mm-hmm. the infamous. Uh, Patrick Ewing to New York draft where he had the envelope that he threw extra hard where it bent a little bit. <laughs> um, that was kind of shady. Number two, Derek Rose, Chicago getting number one in the Derek Rose draft. Uh, uh, Cleveland getting number one right after LeBron leaves. And also the 76ers did not get a number one pick all the years they tanked until they fired Sam Hinkie, who they hated for tanking intentionally. Right after they fired him, they suddenly got the number one pick. <laughs> so I feel like it's low key rigged, man. That's just my theory, but it is. They they don't show the process. They just say, okay, with the number one pick you have, with the number one four pick, they, they don't they don't show the process of it happening. So I don't trust. They should it, they should me. show the process. I don't think it's rigged, but they should show the process. <laughs> I agree. Um, it, was there crack in the Popeye sandwich? <laughs> It may be, though. I still be going back to that shit, nigga. <laughs> that motherfucker hit, man. I don't care, man. It's that sauce, bro. I don't know. No, ain't no crack, but damn. It might be shit. Is, is that sandwich better than Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich? 
you know what's crazy is I used to go get uh when this whole chicken sandwich debacle popped off and I saw it was Chick-fil-A <laughs> versus Popeyes, I had never had a Popeye spicy chicken sandwich. And mm. I was like, oh, Chick-fil-A all day. Cause I, I used that that was my I used to go get the number, was it six or something like that? I used to go <laughs> get it with the with the large fry and the and the Dr. Pepper. I used to get it all the time. And then when the, when, the, when the, I was like, okay, let me let me try it. I hit it one time. I hit it. <laughs> I hit it one time. <laughs> It's not close. I'll never have another Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> not if there's a Popeye's close by. It's funny when people always discuss this, they always got to throw out, well, Chick-fil-A is so much clean and they're okay. always neat with your food. We like, nah, nigga, we talking okay. about the actual taste of the sandwich. Yeah, I don't care about none of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> is the sandwich good? <laughs> Chick-fil-A is fighting back though, man. They got a new chicken sandwich coming out soon. They a new spiced chicken sandwich, I think. So they fighting back. The chicken <laughs> chi- the chicken sandwich wars are not over. Church has got a new one out too. But yeah, that's how you know yet, Popeyes was winning the battle. They that's ain't true. revamping their chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know who won, dog. I'm just saying. And nobody was really talking about chicken sandwiches like that. Now it's like KFC got a chicken sandwich, Kane's got yep. a chicken sandwich. So everybody trying to get a chicken sandwich. It's a war going on, man. <laughs> it's a war yeah, going on I, in these streets. <laughs> no man is safe from. I just, I just wish that Popeyes would stop putting niggas singing in the commercial, man. Like I wish they would stop. Bad, <laughs> but them niggas put. I got yo, they, Popeyes. You know when they, you when they lost me, they lost me when they put Jerry Rice with that fucking helmet. Yes, on. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, you know that nigga, that nigga blocked me on Twitter because I was roasting him because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm currently unblocked, but for like years I was blocked. Oh my goodness! Oh my and then to make God. it even no, worse, just... I was flaming him. Though. I was flaming him because I was like, "Bro, like, how could you be that socially irresponsible to do a chicken commercial like that?" But I, I, um, I, I, he not, he got knocked down three spots, man. He ain't. The plus, plus, plus he's shit. like a Trump supporter, and shit, so it made sense. To me. Yes. But, um, uh, uh, I uh, so I was flaming him, and his niece, his niece. It's like starts defending him and shit. It's like, well, you don't know what he's been through yet. I'm like, I don't care what he's been through. That shit is irresponsible. Like, we start having a real conversation about why it's bad to do a chicken commercial in that way. Uh, and then she's like, well, he's <laughs> she's like, well, he's learning at his own pace. That's what she told me. I was like, <laughs> I never, I never knocked that, but nigga, but you, Jerry Rice, you can get in touch with any black historian in this country, dog, and they'll rap, they'll rap with you. <laughs> It reminded me of Billy D. Williams in that uh, Undercover Brother when he was running for president and then got brainwashed. I mm. want you to buy my <laughs> new fried chicken, that is. It, it, it reminded me a lot like that scene, man. It, exactly it what it terrible. was, a menstrual show. I was like, bro, what is this? <laughs> they always trying to get niggas to sing about chicken. Remember Mary, Mary J. Blood? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that chicken for Popeye. <laughs> Oh, Crispy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that that Mary J. Blige ad was terrible, man. I don't know what the fuck you. The good that, thing that never officially came out. Yeah. Oh, you, you gonna you gonna catch straight bullets talking about the queen like yeah. that, man? Yeah, man. Nah, she we 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 don't <laughs> criticize her acting on Power as well. She's awful. I actually haven't. I've never I've never watched Power. Really? Uh. Uh-uh. I'm not. I'm not surprised. It probably ain't your type of show. Like it's cool, but it's not, it's like it's too it's too ignorant. I'll be honest. Like it's a very yeah. ignorant show, especially later on in the seasons. It's yeah. very if you have if you think about things logically, like you're gonna see things happen and be like, what the fuck is going on here, people? Like right. well, what are y'all doing here? 
It always looked like a like a Black Days of Our Lives, like a soap opera type shit. It always, that's what it felt like to me. Pretty much. Kinda. Pretty much like the, a more The first couple movie. seasons were okay. The first yeah. couple seasons were okay, but yeah, it's, it's tough sense. now. <laughs> uh, so that wraps up the conspiracy corner. I have nothing else left, man. We, we'll, we'll maybe go deeper a little later, but yeah, that's <laughs> that wraps up conspiracies. So, so to wrap it up, you do believe in aliens, not a Bigfoot guy, Tupac is dead, and there's no crack in the Popeye sandwich, so but it's good <laughs> as fuck. So I'm down with Allegedly. it. I'm down with it. <laughs> what kind of TV shows you watching right now? Uh shit, man. Um, so Discovery, Star Trek Discovery is a really dope one. Um uh if anybody looking for a dope TV series, um, it's subtitled and it's a Korean show. It's called Kingdom on Netflix. I heard it, bro. Yeah, the storyline is crazy. It's a zombie. This is what I'm saying. I'll be telling niggas like, yo, it's a zombie movie. Or zombie series, and like usually zombie shit either be corny or funny or you know somewhere in the middle. This shit is done so well, and it's like mm. one of the, it's probably the best cinematic view. Like if you like uh, cinematography, gorgeous. If you like like wardrobe, if you're into that kind of shit, some of the dopest shit that you're gonna see. And it's like the storyline is dope. They just did everything's done really well. It's really really dope. Mm. Okay, check that out. Um, what games you playing, man? Uh, I'm really stuck on one, man. It's called Valorant. It's a PC game. Yeah, I heard it's that. A, it's an FPS game. It's really dope. It's like uh, it's like CS:GO meets Overwatch. I don't. And if, if you ain't in a game, you probably don't know. Yeah, um, Counter Strike, man. I'm down with that mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all right, all right. Really I want to ask game. you that too because I I noticed a lot because we you've already spoken on things you were kind of the first to do that everybody's doing now. I feel like you. And and Brennan Williams, a lot of people don't probably don't know Brennan Williams a whole lot from his first football career. But y'all were the first ones I really noticed that were openly doing things that went against the jock stereotype, like playing video games, talking about physics and science and other things and things that interest you that typically people used to ascribe to only nerds pushing up their glasses and skinny and dorky and whatever. Now I see it. Everybody in NFL got their own stream. These niggas joining e-leagues and taking it very seriously, streaming all the time. Uh, do you think you kind of helped kick that off and started kicking at that stereotype of, you know, the, the athlete can't be playing video games or doing this or saying that? Do you think you kind of had a hand in changing that perspective? Um, I mean, I don't know if it was like me, but I know I was a part of a generation that uh, was – the liaison from the traditional athlete doing and saying the right things in interviews to nowadays you get what you get. Like you are who you are. We were in that middle stage because of social media was blooming while we were in the league. And we were the first ones to kind of like, you know what dog, this is stupid. Like, why are you asking me these dumb questions? Like we were kind of that first generation to hold account the media. Um, We were the first generation to like say what we felt in a, in a way that was like genuine and in a way that was like, um, like every day, like you weren't gonna get the cookie cutter answers from us. Like so, like me, Marshawn Lynch, like those kind of cats. Yeah. Um, like we were, we were kind of the first ones to usher in that generation to where now it's like you expect to hear from the athlete who he is and what he is. And and as though, like I said, I don't know if it's me, but like I was definitely a part of like that's why like during my career, like people like coined me like interesting or like he's different it's just all it was was i was just me and i'm not gonna give you the same bullshit that the rest of these cats is giving you so mm-hmm. i wasn't that interesting my nigga like i'm i'm interested in other <laughs> shit but I'm not that interesting. 
Do you miss doing the press conferences? Nah, them shit's horrible, bro. And, and you know what's crazy? The media is still asking the same dumbass questions. I was watching yes. the press conference the other day. I'm like, how are y'all still asking the same shit? Like, <laughs> how do y'all not get this? I don't understand. <laughs> I think it's relationships with the players that the reporters want to keep. So they always want to keep it the, the same things you would expect. But I don't know. People don't. Yeah, the, the questions got to get a little better. We got some good people. You know, the new blood starting to get in. We have some people asking better questions. Brandon Scott's a great guy for us, but yeah, it's it's still the same old man. These, yeah, these stuff is stuff to sit through. But. What do you think about the Colts defense? Like, what are you gonna say, dog? Like, come on. <laughs> Ask you about a specific play, like they didn't just watch it a couple hours yeah. ago. I'm like, okay, so yeah, take us take us through your thoughts on. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I, just don't, I don't understand that shit. How you could how you could do that? Like, I remember I remember I went. Uh, when Marshawn actually that was the year, <laughs> the year I did it in training camp when I was like I just want to be the best teammate. I'm trying to answer mm-hmm. the same thing. <laughs> I did that in training camp that year. Marshawn did that in yep. in the Super Bowl. Uh, with uh, I'm here, I'm just here so I didn't get fined. Um, and like I got land based for it. Uh, Marshawn got martyred for it. <laughs> but yep. uh, I remember I was defending him to Stephen A. Smith. I was on first take. And he was like, he's getting away with not answering questions to the media. And I was like, dog, like, like why, like, when does the onus become on the interviewer and say, this is all I'm gonna get at him? Like, so why am I gonna keep asking him these kind of questions? And I think that's what has to change in in media in general is like the, what I used to respect about because my mother used to want to be a journalist, and I and so I used to listen to her as to why it's because like it was like investigative reporting, like they were good at their jobs, but like now journalism is just like. How can you get a storyline clicked on? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's not necessary. It has nothing to do with the substance of the story, and so like that's why you get these. What do you think about the coast? You're just trying to get a soundbite, a clickbait, rather <laughs> than like let me dig into this cat's past, his, his 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 you know his his loves, his joys, whatever the case may be, and talk to him in a unique way about his position or his. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't think like that because they think you're supposed to just give them the answers. Like I remember one time I was getting interviewed, dog, and this nigga was like. What do you think about the, the what's we playing San Francisco? What do you think about the San Francisco defense? I'm like, they're good. He's like, well, what's good about them? They're fast and they run around. And like, he, he, I was giving him like those answers. He's like, come on, man. I was like, I'm not gonna write your story for you, dog. Like, you gotta ask me something interesting. What am I supposed to say? They're good. I don't know what you want to say. And they used to call me an oh, asshole, man. but. Man. And I I do remember that because I remember you got Leon Basin for that, and then the uh, the hard knocks with Bill O'Brien came out, and then it turns out that Bill O'Brien told all the players not to say shit to the media at all. So <laughs> it kind of felt like you you were just doing what was also asked of all of you to not say shit, and then you got the most flack for it. So well, the, yeah, the, the hard knocks was a little different because I was like, no, this is the most script. It felt like reality TV, dog. So like, oh no, niggas would be like, niggas would be like talking, and then the cameras would come around. And I'd be like, bro, I'd be like, bro, get out of here, dog. Like, I'm not. I was having a conversation. Like one time, which would probably been entertaining TV. Like, you know, because I, I I'm an atheist, right? And so like, mm-hmm. most football players are Christian. And so like, we were having a discussion in the locker room about religion, and that like, the camera just comes and like, and I'm like, dog, this ain't, this ain't for that. <laughs> and so like, and then they would be like, hey, can you guys like, you know? And I was like, dog, like, I, it's like anytime a camera would come around during hard knocks, I would go the other way. I was like, I'm not trying to be <laughs> yep. on TV like that, dog. But nah, some niggas trying to make you uh, the camera though. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, say that line away. again. Say that line yep. again. 
Have the narrator come in. <laughs> Arian Foster is one of the most vocal members of the Houston Texans. You talking about God and atheism and shit? You know, they, they were trying. To, they had it planned out in their head, man. You just didn't. They might have cut me right there. <laughs> oh, you'd be cut now if you was on the team. <laughs> no, no question. No question. No yeah, question. man. Yeah, it's, it's different now. Uh, so, so real, real quick uh, before we let you go, I did want to get your take on that because that's a more. Um, prominent discussion now, these uh, not just the media, but the former athletes and their takes on the current athletes. I know you probably are at least a little aware of Shaq has some words about uh, who was it? Donovan, uh, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell recently. And also he's been criticized for not knowing who Christian Wood is, things like that. And, and I've heard some people kind of talking about how the older athletes are kind of haters. I think it's honestly more in the NBA than the NFL, but I've seen the NFL, too. Uh, Burger McFarlane, I think, went on some random take. I think it was when D- Dwayne Haskins got cut. And I think it was Booker McFarlane talking some shit about basically, uh, well, a lot of these players these days are more concerned about their brand rather than their play on the football field. And it's starting to feel like a lot of these former players are kind of just hating on the new generation. Some of, some of the criticism is warranted. Some of it is just kind of comes across as hating. So what's your thoughts on that, man? What do you think when you see – you know, some of you you might have looked up to or or played with getting on TV and speaking about the young generation. Like, do you think that it's a fair criticism or is it starting to sound like hate now? <clears throat> I always looked at it like this. The reason why we had so much disdain for the media as players was because y'all don't look at us like human beings. Like you don't look at me as a cat from the projects who just trying to help his family get out of a situation they 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 was in and you think that you could just say any old thing about me um there's one thing critiquing play right um because that's their job is to critique play but a lot of it gets personal a lot of it gets into like work ethic a lot of it gets into like personal like personal shit like you trying to create your brand or whatever like i always look at it like this dog like there is critiques i would make like as if i was a sportscaster i would like, yo, I wouldn't have made that cut. You know, I, you know, you have to, you have to kind of train yourself to see this or something like that. But he did what he, I, I just don't, I just don't, I'm not in there. Like I wasn't there. I'm just looking at it. And so it's like, I would have done this in that situation. I would have loved to do this actually, but who knows what I would have done in the heat of the moment. Right. And so he made the best decision. So I would be a boring commentator because I would never bang on somebody because I wasn't in that situation. I think, I think cats get comfortable in a media booth. I, I think they get comfortable getting that check, talking shit about people. And they just get in that lane. They're like, oh, this is what comes with it. Sure, man. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like, you got to go look in your mirror. If you cool with criticizing young 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 players, just trying to do what they feel is the best to feed their family, then that's that's your mirror to look at. That's not mine. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, I think... Uh, also, I think these, these the, um, not even my generation, but o- older generation and some my generation, they don't understand what this generation is about. And what this generation is about is what that generation should have been about because we could have had way more leverage if that was the case, but y'all niggas were scared. <laughs> so what it, what it is, is this younger generation understands that it's their bodies, it's their, it's their business, and it's their leverage. And so they're leveraging their their stardom and their uh, uh, their brand to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And if 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 they would have understood that in the '80s and the '90s more so, then we would have had an easier walk. 
And then the younger cats would have had an easier walk. And who knows? Maybe they would have had health insurance for players a uh, lifetime because they currently do not. And so that's what that comes down to, uh, to me. And so it's like, instead of discouraging young, young players and be like, all you care about is your brand. It's like, yo, this is how you curate your brand. And if you really gave a fuck, you go tap in with, with, with the cats instead of blasting them on the, on the television. That's corny, in my opinion. Go holler at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but understand mm-hmm. that this is a business and that's what he's doing that he feels like is, is, is best for his business. Because when it's all said and done, you look, you mean you look at it, dog. Like there's some cats who barely make the Pro Bowl who have ex, like crazy amount of social media followers, right? But then there's some cats who are Hall of Famers who got like 20,000, 10,000 social media followers, right? So it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of thing, but it does because that's capital. That's social capital. And you can use that as leverage to, to have another revenue stream. And so that's, that's understanding your brand. That's what business is. And so I would, I would not discourage cats to do that. I would encourage them to do that, but curate it in a way that you're proud of and curate it in a way that you feel it the best represents you. All of that other shit, man, it's just like, what's the point? Like, yeah, I'm get tired of black people talking about black people in the media, man. Shit gets old, we got enough to deal with. Like, why would you, why would you encourage that? Yeah, it's irritating. <laughs> It really is, man. It's unfortunate because you know, like these people also face those same comments when they play too. So it's like you doubling down on the hate, man. You ain't paying it for it. You ain't trying to do shit. So very unfortunate. But I think unfortunately, some people, and I got to call people like Shaq too, they like to see their names in the headlines. They like to be the center of conversation. So that's why they like to say these these hot takey comments about players because they do enjoy on some level their name being in the headline. So unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, So you really like that. (laughs) So uh, really appreciate you joining us, Arian. Really, really great conversation, man. Think you have anything else you want to get in real quick? Uh, Real quick. Do you think Deshaun is moved or do you think he played his last snap as a Tessa? (laughs) I have no, I haven't really been following the situation. I was having a conversation with my brother about it earlier today. He was kind of, filling me in on what's going on. Um, they I guess he's been lied to and stuff like that. Yeah, they got the chaplain running the team pretty much. <laughs> he what? I said they got the chaplain running the team pretty much, so. Yeah, and that was that was the dude I had never heard of till, till Dre tweet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's no there's no telling, man, but um, if if I'm the organization, I've been to his will. There's no way you don't. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a generational quarterback. You've never had a quarterback like him. You're not going to have a quarterback like him in the next who knows how many decades, you've been to his will. What, what do you need to keep you here? What, mm-hmm. what, 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 what would keep you here? Like, what, do you, what do you want? What do you need? Do you, <laughs> do you want to be involved? Because like, I remember when Peyton Manning was with the Colts, he was in the draft room. Mm. He, had, he, had, he had that much pull because that was his squad. Like You're not going without Peyton. And mm. so if you have that kind of generational talent, Get them involved. What do you what do you think this team needs? What do you like? You know what I'm saying? And this is this is where we think like get, get your players involved that are generational talents. Like, but that's the that's the that's the NFL, man. They have so much egos. This is yeah. our this is our like, all right, we'll see how you win with the with the bottom tier players. You can't. Yeah. And you said it earlier, they they don't really care about what you think. <laughs> it's it's all about them. Nope. But if but if they're smart, they'll bend yeah. to his will. If they're smart. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I think that's that's the biggest farce in a lot of these like trade deals and stuff. Like, oh, he's worth a first rounder and a third rounder. Oh, he's worth. I heard recently like he was worth like three first rounders or something like that. Like, dog, you could have 
five first round picks mm-hmm. and you're not going to get a talented quarterback like that. Mm-hmm. You can have a first round pick every year for the next 10 years and you're not going to get a, a talented quarterback like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but you already have one. So why not just invest in this one? Yeah. No, it don't make no sense. It, it's stupid, man. <laughs> It really is, man. And, and you think there there's so many easy things they could do to fix this that they just won't do. So I think you're right about it just being about ego and mm-hmm. people want to stand on their own feet and just do their own thing and whatever say, they say goes. Uh, but if Deshaun, if, if Deshaun reaches out to you and asks you, hey, Aaron, what should I do, man? Well, what would you advise him to do if he called you, if he hit you up and told you about his problems with the organization? What would you advise him to do? Uh, I would say use your leverage. Um, whatever you want to do. If you want to stay here, stay here under the guise of I, I'm going to be involved in decision-making. Let me help curate bringing talent in. Let me help recruit talent coming in. Like, let me, let give me a say-so on where this organization is heading because I'm going to be the guy for the next 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, if you're dis- if you don't think that's going to happen, use your leverage and say, I want to, I want to leave. Cause you only, bro, you only got one body, man. Mm-hmm. And that shit. And as and everybody says this when you get in the league, like, man, as soon as you hear, it, it's over, man. And I used to hear these old cats talk. It was like whatever, but it's like it happens to everybody, dog. You wake up one day, and you're like, damn, nigga, I'm thirty. <laughs> shit went. Like it happens. Yeah. And now you got kids, and now you gotta live your life. So live this, live this shit how you want to live it. Cause like these motherfuckers don't care about you, nigga. Calvin, they don't give a fuck about. Arian Foster, or Andre Johnson, or fucking Jacoby Jones, or you know the cats that I bled with, they don't give a fuck. Mm. And so, like, they ain't, I ain't, a, I ain't an afterthought in them cats' minds. So, like, don't, don't allow them to make you think that you are now because you're not. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah that, and the crazy part is, I feel like Deshaun ain't even asking for that much. <laughs> he just kind of want a little input, and they not even listening to that. <laughs> but you should. But yeah. You should. Yeah. <laughs> The the fan the fans get upset when you even entertain this, but me I, I've always sided with the players, man. I'm a more of a fan of I, I enjoy watching the games, but I'm not like a super homer like that, you know. I just watch it, so I'm always down for Deshaun do, doing what's best for him, man. Like I, I love to see him play in Houston for the rest of his career, but if he doesn't, I will understand. Like I'm not gonna cry over it. This is the man I don't know, so yeah, people got to grow up a little that's what, bit. That's what cats don't understand. Though, is like think about it, my nigga. The New England Patriots hadn't missed the playoffs since like what, two thousand two or ninety? Yeah. Remember like ninety nine or some shit like that? Some yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Almost twenty years or whatever. <laughs> Tom Brady leaves and they missed the playoffs. I got shit to do with coaching, bro. You can't coach <laughs> shitty players, bro. This is what it is. And I'm not saying they they should be players are shitty, but yeah, I'm saying there's a certain caliber of player that you have in Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. If I'm Robert Kraft, I'm like, dog, what do we got to do to keep you here? I'm not letting yeah. you get out of here. And he's like, yo, I can't take Bill Belichick anymore. Like, get him out of here. It's Tom, bro. It's not the system. Like, I used to laugh when I was in the league when I heard used to hear niggas say, oh, it's the Patriot way. You hear the media say, oh, it's the Patriot way. I used to laugh at this shit. Like, it's some shit to do with the Patriot way, nigga. It's the Tom Brady way. He's the greatest quarterback <laughs> to ever live. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do. Like, Michael Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, players put coaches in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Players put, players win championships. Like, coach, that you can have good coaches. The best coaches understand that. Phil Jackson. I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my cookers cook. Mm-hmm. Every everybody else is just it's ego. It's an ego driven league. It's an ego driven business. And it's like you think you can just place players in and it's and they're gonna do with your system. Nah, nah, nigga. You need you need you need dogs out there. And the dogs gonna get you where you need to go. 
That's true, man. No, no hate to Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton. I like the fact that they stuck with him, but he ain't Tom Brady, man. Love he needed Tom, Tom Brady, Brady this year. Yeah. Love Cam. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, Thinking anything else you got, man? Nah, I think that's it, man. All right. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, man. We really were looking forward to this, and it, it went went spectacularly. It's, I know it's going to be a great, great podcast we put together. So really appreciate it, man. Do you have anything else you'd like to promote real quick or anything you, uh, you're you working on, you want to help people know, streaming and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, if you just uh, follow my socials, I mean, uh, Arian Foster on Twitter, Bobby Fino on, uh, on IG, and I'm, I got a Twitch. That's Bobby Fino, too, I believe. Check out the music, but... Treat each other nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might be, get an angry tweet from that's the that's the one uh that's the one thing I'm I'm, I'm active on is in social media is Twitter. <laughs> so I'll fire right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. He, Aaron Aaron's a great follow on Twitter, man. If you ain't following him, follow him, man. It's always entertaining watching his timeline, watching him go back and forth with ignorant people. So it's hilarious, <laughs> man. Have a lot of fun looking at it. So <laughs> shoot really appreciate it man stay good stay healthy and hopefully we'll do it again sometime man much love much love man I appreciate y'all having me on um, other topics we gotta talk about the the fake news that was rotating uh, <laughs> Twitter and social media for a while um, that got some people very excited for some reason especially one Des Bryant former Cowboys wide receiver who for some reason decided to chime in on his shit uh, so Tory Lane well I guess some fake ass, well, I don't even know if it's fake, some blog site, I guess, check the status of the Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane's court date, and I guess he couldn't find it. So he falsely reported that uh, Megan Thee Stallion had dropped the charges against Tory Lane's and that the court date got canceled when, in fact, the court, gate, court case got moved to, I believe, next month. Mm-hmm. But apparently this person put out this news and nobody cares about the facts on social media, you know. They care about the narrative. Yeah. So the lie once is more this, entertaining. yes. <laughs> so once this lie got spread over social media, it caught fire. All these men and a lot of women, I got to call it out, a lot of women yeah. are 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 anti Meg in this situation, man. So they were like, "See that bitch is lying. See she she knows she lied on the nigga. That's why she dropped the charges and all this <laughs> stuff. And it's a whole lot of bullshit." Yeah. And I don't even think like Megan Thee Stallion didn't even file the charges. I believe it was a state, so she couldn't even drop it if it got dropped. So yeah. whatever. Anyway, so uh, this got this caught fire. Death Bryant said prayer uh, salute to a real one at Tory Lanes, and he ended up getting into a fight with the politician because the politician was like, "The fuck you gonna say salute to a man who shot a woman for?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and fucking Dez was saying he's gonna fuck him up if he sees him in person. A lot of bullshit, man. Dez yeah. need help. Dez needs some help. Yeah. But uh, so Meg the Stallion actually cleared this up. She went on social media and let me read what she said. She said, "At this point, I'm getting annoyed. Stop believing everything you read on the motherfucking internet. Imagine how I feel waking every day seeing people lie and turn my trauma into a joke." The whole, that whole team figures out ways to create doubt with my story every week and the media eats it up. Y'all can't tell when shit fake news. Y'all don't see an abuser picking with me. Uh, the first court date got pushed back because of the inauguration, but I can't wait for the motherfucking facts to come out. 
Bitch, you shot me and my story not changing and bitch, you going to jail in all caps. How the fuck I get shot and now I'm the world's biggest motherfucking villain. All y'all pussy ass niggas and pick me ass hoes gonna eat your MF words. End tweet. So, yeah, uh, what do, what do you think, man? <laughs> to, when, when somebody tweets something like that, to me it's hard not to believe them. Because at some point, if if somebody is really out here lying about something, I feel like they won't give all that energy to it like yeah. that. It, sometimes you could just feel what Meg is tweeting. Like you could kind of you could kind of feel her, <laughs> like feel her her energy. But I, I sometimes I just don't I, like. I know we won't ever find out what really happened. And honestly, shoot, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, if the charges did get dropped. Because it's, it's Tory Lanez, he a celebrity, he probably got a lot of money, he can, you know, probably beat the case or settle or something like that. So I don't see him even doing a lot of jail time, if any. But I just don't understand how people, like, like when has she ever lied about something where other people would have to question that? I, I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> like I, I know we said we really wasn't going to talk about this situation again. Yeah. But I know shit keep happening. But I just don't. I just don't understand how people see something like that and they say she's lying. <laughs> it, it's several things, man. I think the most important is the fact that his fans are not going to turn on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially if you have a lot of uh, Tory Lanez has a lot of female fans. I would question if he might have more female fans than Meg does. You know, he's yeah. very popular mm-hmm. with females and they ain't going to turn a nigga unless they know, like unless there's video evidence or something irrefutable, like they're not going to turn on somebody. You saw them defend R. Kelly and there was video evidence of that, too. Yeah. So. They're not going to turn on somebody they like. And it all comes down to who they like. And the fact is, and the problem with Meg right now is like, she's not very well liked for some reason. You know, yeah. I've talked about this before on the podcast. I read her mentions when she posted that shit, when she tweeted those tweets. A lot of women were in there saying, bitch, you a liar. A lot of women. Yeah. And I'm not going to say she didn't have, she had people defending her and people feeling bad for her, but it's strange, man. I, I imagine this happened to Beyonce. Imagine this happened to Nicki Minaj. The, that fucking fan base would eat you alive yeah. for saying some shit against her. Mm-hmm. But people are very comfortable disrespecting Meg The Stallion for some reason. Yeah, very comfortable. Yeah, it's strange. It, it it really is, man. Because like, like sometimes I feel like people don't really look at the uh, the payoff of everything. Like to me, I. I feel like you always got to look, look at the payoff on why somebody would do something. So if Meg is li- like, what's the payoff of Meg lying about something like this and carrying yep. this shit on? You know what I mean? The shit got picked up by probably by the state or whatever. But what's the like, what's the payoff? Don't, don't just say she's lying. Like, what's the payoff? Is she lying because somebody else did it? Or is she lying because, you know, a best friend shot her or something like it seems like people quit to say she's lying, but don't really give a reason why. <laughs> people going to go ahead. Oh, no, I just don't understand. Like, if she was really lying, what, like, how is this helping? How is this whole situation helping her? Because it's not boosting her sales. 
it's not like a Rihanna situation where you know what Chris Brown did, what he did, and you know she went on sixty minutes before the album dropped or something like that, where it kind of, you know, not not trying to sound insensitive, but it kind of benefited her in a uh, in a good way, in, in the album selling way, the promoter album. But like that's not even that situ this the situation with Tori is not even benefiting that. <laughs> So it's one thing if her album was booming and it's like, oh, shit, like this happened and her sales went through the roof. That's not even the case. So I just don't understand, you know, like if she was really lying, why is she still dragging this out? People going to say it's for clout. But like you said, I don't think this made her any more or less famous. Honestly, it probably hurt her more than it helped her. Yeah. Because the fact is, like, yeah, when Rihanna got beat up by Chris Brown. Number one, you had the photos. Number two, Chris Brown was huge at the time. You know, he had mm -hmm. crossed over. Nobody who's not black knows who Tory Lanez is. He, a lot of people who are black don't know who he is, man. Tory Lanez is not a international superstar. He's not big like that. Yeah, he's famous, but he's like hood nigga famous. You know, he's not like a superstar. Yeah. So her line about this really does nothing to boost anything for her. You know, and I'm sure she's tired of talking about this shit, but she ain't going to lie on herself either or act like it didn't happen. So yeah. you have a good point. And that's why I'm inclined to side with her, you know, because, yeah, well, why, why, she don't seem, she's not the type to create John out of nothing. Yeah. So and, and if it was a point where she was lying and it came out, I would t I would walk everything back. Of course. But like. I don't know. It's it's just like people like we complain in this country about how we never believe the victims or mm -hmm. anything. But now this is a perfect situation where you should, you know, kind of side with the victim. I'm not saying make a judgment, but you should I mean, you should always kind of side with the victim. And it's like people don't want to side with the victim on this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's like like this is similar to like a, a rape case or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of women uh, uh, is often treated like how women and men are treating Meg at this point. Saying she yeah. lying, they ain't really happened, blah, blah, blah. And that, I think that's a big problem. <laughs> so it's, you still have this same type of situation. It's not that uh, it's, it's not, you know, about rape, but it's still a terrible situation. And you still have people saying, oh, the bitch lying and all this other shit. It's just like, damn, what happened to. You know, I'm not saying you got to sit there and root for Meg at this point, but mm -hmm. what happened to siding with the victim until all the details is out there? <laughs> Everything changes when it's somebody you like, man. That's yeah. the ultimate thing I've learned on social media. Nobody's objective. Nobody sees things the way it should be seen without bias. People side with who they like, no matter what they do. So it's unfortunate but uh and yeah I, well, I remember we did say we stopped talking about this but i mean this was kind of a big thing that happened and people got talking crazy about it so mm -hmm. yeah we, we will see what happens when a court you know proceeds but until then yeah, yeah. And, and, on it. real quick before we move on remember when um when erica base was first popping a little bit she kind of came on the scene and mm -hmm. people were saying she was like a knockoff Meg and, mm -hmm. and her um, 1501 tried to get somebody to sound and act like Meg and all this other shit. Mm -hmm. It seemed like once that shooting happened, it seemed like all that shit just went out the window now. It, it seemed yeah. like people kind of got her over Meg, uh, Erica Banks over Meg now. And it, it's funny how that kind of changed everything. 
It'll be very interesting to see how Erica Banks proceeds because I think she's getting a buzz now that this whole busted challenge is huge. Man, but you, I also feel like that, did you see that girl Chloe from Chloe? Yeah, I saw that shit. <laughs> and like, no, I, okay. I didn't, she, I didn't know she was that fine like that though. She's she's cute, but it's like I don't know. I've seen better ones. Like I <laughs> I guess people feel weird because she was a child star and now she all grown and sexy and whatever. But it, it wasn't like the best one I had seen. I didn't understand why it went so fucking mad viral like that. I'm like, it was cool. She looked good, but we've seen women with a lot more ass yeah. <laughs> do the yeah, busting challenge say, and look you, real good. You're probably seeing strippers actually doing the busting oh, challenge. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like fucking... Tattoos on the ass. And all that <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I've seen a couple. I've seen a few good ones, man. This might be the best challenge that it was ever created, honestly. <laughs> so... But yeah, the Chloe one was okay. Like I'm, I don't follow her music or her life period, so I didn't even really know who she was. So I'm like, okay, it was cool. But internet went crazy over that shit, man. It was wild. Yeah. So uh, what else going on, man? We got to touch on. Oh yeah, Donald Trump before he left, apparently pardoned a whole lot of people, including uh, one thing that went over under the radar. That lady from Rock Nation who had that case, I guess, and she snitched, apparently. I forget the details, but she got pardoned by Trump. Uh, Also, Kodak Black and Lil Wayne got pardoned. But Kodak might be going back because he got another case, uh, an assault case or something. I think this one was a gun case he was in jail for. So Kodak is apparently free, but he might go right back in the jail. (laughs) (laughs) As Chappelle would say. (laughs) So, how, how... I feel like some people trying to low key show their Trump, you know, uh, love for saying, oh, what Joe Biden going to do? You see, Trump got these niggas out like I don't consider it a win for the black community that Kodak Black and Lil Wayne got pardoned. I just don't because, number one, they were guilty. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, what what is a win in that sense for like what is a win? What will be a win if Donald Trump, uh, if if you had to tell Donald Trump who to get out, what will be a win for black, black people? Nothing, nothing. But <laughs> I would rather, I would rather somebody gave him a list of people who were in jail for like weed charges or some nonviolent crimes yeah. and doing long years. If somebody gave him a list and he pardoned them all. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, hey, that's a that's a win. But yeah, rappers, what, I don't give a fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like people were saying, what? Like I don't look at that as a win or yeah, he got the <laughs> he, he got my respect. Like I like, I agree with you. I respect if if it was a bunch of people in there for uh, a crime they didn't commit, or if it was something like that, some type of you know Kim Kardashian type of you know mm-hmm. crime she be fighting. Like I would, I, at that point, I'll be like, okay, like he, that was cool. He didn't have to do that, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It just, I just don't understand the whole Kodak Black thing. Like, oh yeah, he's a real one for that. Like, yeah, it's and all again, headlines. it's all head. Yeah. Because if it was, if it was a, a a John Brown or something who was in there for weed, like, that wouldn't have got the headline. But the Lil yep. Wayne, the um, the Kodak Black. The uh the mayor from Michigan or whatever, uh the former mayor from Michigan, like all those get the headlines. So Yeah, man. And like again, it comes down to who you like, you know, because people were happy about this. But if he free some country singer or some shit, you'd be like, Oh, you just freeing white people. 
You know, yeah. why the fuck is he free on music artists anyway? But now it's Kodak <laughs> Black. And people are saying some crazy shit like, oh, he should pardon Tay K too. Yeah. Tay K was involved in murders, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> he ain't getting a presidential pardon. Yeah, same thing with Joe Exotic. Like this yes. dude literally tried to set up a, a, a hire to kill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that old ass lady. I forgot her name, but uh, yeah, he tr- he literally on, on the fucking documentary or the show tried to get some dudes to kill her. <laughs> yep. Nah, no, I'm not letting you out he, of jail, buddy. <laughs> he he said the reason that he he didn't get pardoned is because he was too gay <laughs> to get a pardon. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, number one, how is he tweeting from jail? Because this happened, yeah. this tweet happened like right after this shit got announced. Yeah. And he said he was too gay to get a pardon. So I'm like, okay. Nah, man, you out there killing animals and <laughs> Yeah, he was wild and Yeah. Nah, but I feel like they should have, if he wanted a pardon, he should have released that documentary a little closer to the end of this election. Mm-hmm. Because I think everybody's over the Target King shit now. Nobody yeah. cares about it no more. It was funny when it happened. It was interesting when it happened, but nobody cared about that shit anymore, man. Yeah. So yeah, nobody said nothing about him. In the, yeah, in, nobody in the cares. Most. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this Danny Lay song finally. Oh, that fire! Yes. Danny Lay put out a new song that was very controversial to the point where she has now deleted her social media accounts. Oh, shit. I didn't know it got that bad. <laughs> she took herself, she deleted Twitter. I don't know about Instagram. Okay. She might be on Instagram still, but she's <laughs> off Twitter now. She took Damn. down her account. Um, she got cyberbullied because she made a song, I believe it's called Light Skin or Yellow Bone. Yellow What's it called? Uh, Yellow Bone? I think it's Yellow Bone. Shit, now you know what it's called. Yeah. I think it's called Yellow Bone, but it's basically what you might call a light-skinned anthem. Figgy, play a little sample for us. Are you ready for this premiere? (laughs) (laughs) You know what time it is. Give the juice exclusive. You know what time it is. Funk Flex. I don't even know her name. Danny Danny Lee. Danny Lay. All right, here we go. I guess. Here we go. And and it's called Yellow Bone, by the way. Yellow Bone is what he wants. What he wants. couldn't take no more yeah number one the song sucks she was trying to do some fake ass playboy cardi thing i think i don't know that that traps trap singing don't work yeah okay you could either sing or you could rap don't be trap singing don't be a mumble singer this is the first mumble singer i've heard (laughs) (laughs) you can't be no fucking mumble singer man yeah so yeah number one that song is ass but it got very controversial on social media because of uh, what has been called label colorism mm-hmm. with the song. People are saying, you know, why is she making a song for a light skin anthem talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, value light skins are when, you know, we already know in society that dark skin people in women are the ones put down the most and light skin ones get the 
preference, advantages, et cetera, et cetera, in society. Um, she responded a few times. She did take down her Twitter, like I said, because she was just getting endlessly roasted. <laughs> but she did say uh, in defense, she said, why can't I make a song for my light-skinned baddies? Why y'all think I'm hating on other colors when there are millions of songs speaking on all types? Why y'all so sensitive and take it personal? Goddamn. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, she also said another non-apology. She said, congratulations. Y'all got another thing to say about me when you hate. It's all good. Only God can cancel me. That shit don't mean shit to me because the people around me are the ones that know my heart and intention in real life. I'm sorry if I offended you. <laughs> and then she also said, I'm Dominican, I'm Spanish, I'm black, I'm white, leave me alone. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, so a real quick sidebar before we get back to this. Uh I don't know if you've seen this tweet, but uh we talked about the Erica Banks Busted Challenge and how all the different girls is doing it. It's so it was this one girl who started off the video like she about to do it. And when she dropped down, she was actually, uh, it was another video of her rapping to the beat. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's somebody somebody tweeted like, hey, this the wrong, this the wrong ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I hilarious. That was, yeah, I thought that was fucking hilarious. They're like, hey, this the wrong, this the wrong ass. <laughs> that's funny as shit. She see if she was smart, she would have actually put her own song at the end when she's shaking ass and shook ass at the same time. Yeah. Like, so make a little play, but also promote your yeah. own shit. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard, man, because it's a challenge. It's a strictly social media thing. And like, let's be honest. When we look up this hashtag, we want to see ass. Yes. We're not trying to see no freestyles. We're not trying to see no, no, no shit. Like joy Taylor. was doing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I think Monica did the same thing. Mm. Like we don't want to see that shit. We want like we when we click that hashtag, we want to see ass. We yes. we not trying to see no freestyles. Do it or don't, but don't don't fucking don't play fake. Don't <laughs> don't don't pump fake the shit. You gotta man. go in or don't do it at all. <laughs> yes, I'd rather. I think uh um what's her name Ti's daughter said she thought about doing one, but then she didn't because she knew the kind of comments she was gonna get. About the oh, check the hymen now. Oh, you know she's fucking. <laughs> and I felt I actually when I she said that. I felt bad for her. Man. I did, yeah, me because too. Because she don't deserve all that. Yeah, she ain't, she ain't asked for and, any of that shit. And nobody would have knew that if Ti ain't yeah blab his mouth about it, run his fucking mouth on a stupid ass podcast, man. So <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I, I, I felt bad for her when she said that. She can't be a freaking piece. She got a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back, so, to, back to this uh, Danny colorist anthem, yeah. <laughs> the, the the light skin anthem. So people got very upset about this. They tried to explain to her, you know, why this this is a bad look, um, but she wasn't having any of it. Um, and yeah, what what to what degree do you care about this figgy? Because I, I don't go care. ahead. I don't care at all, man. <laughs> like, like to me, I, I, like. I don't know. It's just like it's. We could research a whole bunch of songs that's talking about light skinned chicks or all this other stuff. And I feel like we in a day and age where you probably shouldn't make a song like this. But it's like, who? It's it's at a point where it's like it don't even matter. Like who cares? Like the song is ass. I feel like if 
I feel like if Janae Aiko would have made a song like this that was better, mm-hmm. I feel like nobody would really have a problem with it. I, I feel like people have a problem with it because it's really ass and it, it sounds stupid. But, like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I guess maybe man, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't really care too much about yeah. this because, like I said, it's all type of other problems going on. And we, and Yellow Bone is what she want, rubbed everybody the wrong way. Like, I had to listen to it a couple times. It was rough trying to listen to it, but I had to listen to it a couple times. I thought she said nigga or nigga or something, <laughs> I thought it was. Fuck them dark skin hoes. Yeah, I thought it was something like that where I'm like, holy shit. But I, I could kind of understand where people was like a little bothered by it. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. Niggas do it all the time. Niggas always talk about foreign chicks, even though it's all type of different foreign chicks you could pick from. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was a slow day. (laughs) Yeah, basically, man. And people love the colorist debate on Twitter, too. So it was a perfect, perfect hurricane of bullshit to to infiltrate the timeline all day. And and the other the other problem I had, not to cut you off, but the other problem I had with it is. Like let's if if we got a problem with this, we gotta do it all across the board. <laughs> like it can't be no. It, it's it's some songs you know promoting the dark skinned woman. Mm-hmm. Like should should we have a problem with that? Even though I know the history is a little different. Yeah. But it's 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 like you know it it got it kind of got to be even across the board. Now, I mean to me, to, I don't know. It's it's like where you draw the line at. That's that's my whole thing. Like if I, I don't I I don't agree because I think this is basically like if somebody when James Brown made I'm black and I'm proud and a white person said well I should be able to make I'm white and I'm proud right and it's like no it's not the same thing um, and, and I agree I don't really care about this but I had no sympathy for her getting torn up. She it was very tone deaf, especially in this day and age. Yeah. You are right that this has been around in rap for a long time, you know, promoting yellow bone, promoting yeah. light skin. Uh that'll make it right though, man. Yeah, you shouldn't you know? do it now. Man. Yeah, you shouldn't have done it, period, man. I, I've yeah. been thinking a lot about how hard black people are on each other, man. Yeah. Uh like growing up, especially kids making fun of other kids for being dark skinned, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't help. That's, that's the same thing as a white person getting, uh, you know, being racist against you, calling you black, yeah. you know, or nigger or whatever. It's the same shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people um, went home crying as a kid talking about, you know, getting made fun of for being dark skinned and all this shit, man. So I, I feel bad for it. I, I feel like I understand why some shit like this would upset some people when it's like, you know, y'all, y'all yellow bone. Already got all the privileges, man. Y'all basically passing for white out here. Yeah. And now you making a song called Yellow Bone. That's what he want. You know, yeah. like fucking, you know, uh, the, uh, look, what's his name? Uh, Andre Andre 3000 had a song. Uh, his verse on that uh, Lil Wayne Carter 4. What was it called? Mm, uh... I forget, but he had a line basically... Um, how about why are the only women that are highlighted are the light ones? Well, tonight we're gonna do it, do it for the dark ones, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and I was like, I, I agree with that, man. It's like, we enough of y'all like bright, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I understand why this rub people the wrong way, but 
I had no sympathy for it. She should have just said, my bad. She could she could have rolled it back, man. She could have said, I made the song with good intentions. I was just trying to promote myself up and my other light-skinned baddies. But I understand the repercussions. It's like, she could have dressed yeah. it up and said, I'm sorry, and mm. would have been okay. Yeah. But she doubled down on the bullshit, man. That's yeah. what killed her. Yeah, I think it's kind of strange because like some light, light-skinned women don't really get it. I guess they don't really understand because I, I got into it with a light skinned girl one day because I forgot, I forgot exactly what I tweeted, but it was something like that. I think I tweeted something like, dang, everybody be on the light skinned girls. There's some cute dark skinned girls too. I mm-hmm. said something like that. It wasn't like a diss towards the light skinned chicks. It was just like, damn, like we always talk about light skinned chicks. There's some cute dark skinned chicks too. And the, and the light skinned girl hopped on and got offended by, by it. And I'm just like, dang, like, like if you knew what people went through as dark skinned yeah. people overall, not just women, but people. And I mean, you know, this is not like a dislike. Why, why are light skinned chicks getting offended about by this? And then, you know, here come the sympathy. Oh, you don't understand me being, you know, it's always like that. Oh, I was, you know, I was bullied because I was, you know, uh, I was the darkest one at my all-white school, or it, it'd be mm-hmm. something like that. And it's like, man, like, I don't, I don't know, man. It, just, I, don't, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a tough crazy. conversation, man. It's it's very layered conversation. We don't have time to get into all this shit. But basically, all I'm saying is I had no sympathy for her getting torn up about it because, number one, the song sucks, and number two, she wasn't sorry about making it. You know, yeah. she could have said, y'all educated me. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. And that would have been the end of it. She doubled down the bullshit and acted standoffish about it. So she deserved yeah. to get roasted, man. Yeah. And even look at, you know, I want to bring um, this up too much. But even just look at the history of like people like Cardi B, you know, how she used to dog black chicks like, oh, this black mm-hmm. bitch and all this other shit. And it's like. I don't know. We always, you know, I say we as in, you know, the culture always bigged up light-skinned women. Yeah. And before that, before the light-skinned women, it was the white women. A a lot of the people looked at white women as the prettiest and the darker women as not pretty. So, I don't know. She could, And and the song was so ass, she could have changed it to anything Mm -hmm. else. She could have said pretty girls, what he won or or something. She could have changed it. That's how ass the song was. <laughs> so yes. She necessarily ain't had to keep it, you know, yellow bone. You know what I mean? Pretty girls yeah. can go all around. Yeah. You know, even, even ugly, ugly girls can relate to, you know, a pretty girl song type of thing. Yep. It's all a opinion thing. Not at yeah. least, uh, you know, one <laughs> skin tone. Yeah, man. Like, you, I think her intentions were pure. I think she was just ignorant. You know, and and yeah, the, the dark skin shaming doesn't even end when you're a kid, man, because we all knew even com- comedians like at least like not even 10 years ago. I mean, you used to have the dark skin jokes, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, you walk inside a room, turn the lights out. All you see is teeth yeah. like shit like that, man. Niggas had dark skin. People had to live with that type of shit their whole life, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I understand it. And I understand the uh, outrage, but. Yeah, she could have peeled it back, but ultimately, I'm like, whatever. It's another day on Twitter, man. I wasn't upset about it. <laughs> I wasn't upset, but I understood, and I had no sympathy for her getting torn up about it. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to talk about the Tiger Woods documentary. Oh real yeah, quick. okay. <laughs> 
So I watched, I was trying to get HBO Max figured out on my fucking flex, my Comcast thing, because it was fucking up. So it finally is working again now. I watched like part one of the Tiger Woods documentary because I heard it was good. And number I didn't like it. I'll just say straight up. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it, man. It felt like it would have been cool if this documentary came out like five years ago. But in 2021, I feel like the bar for a sports documentary is very high now. 30 for 30 been killing it, man. The uh, the the last dance, the 10 part. I understand not every documentary going to be 10 parts, but that was a very, very well put together documentary where you got Jordan's perspective and you also got everybody involved at the time who's still living spoke on everything that happened in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And so we got to all perspectives. and We could judge, you know, who was right and who was wrong. Same thing with the Lance Armstrong thing, man. The Lance Armstrong documentary was actually very good. You know, he he was there himself explaining, you know, yes, I did cheat. And yes, I cheated for years. And here's why I did it. And here's when I started and blah, blah, blah. So that was a good documentary. It didn't make him look like a good guy, but it didn't make him look totally evil either. You know, it was kind of in between. Yeah. Tiger Woods documentary, man, I thought was going to be something something like that because the bar is so high now. Man, this shit only had like his fucking his old ass friends who ain't even talk about him in probably 20 years or seen him in 20 years. His first girlfriend from high school. Like <laughs> this bitch ain't seen him in 30 years, man. Come on now. You're going to interview her. And of course she's going to be mad because he dumped her before she got, he got famous yeah. and she ain't getting no money. So of course she's going to have a, a bone to pick with this nigga. <laughs> and ultimately it was really nothing you couldn't have learned by yourself. You know, reading a book about him or going on YouTube because it's all clips. Nothing was new uh, except for the personal videos that ex-girlfriend shared, which is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, it was people and writers who knew of Tiger but didn't really know him. Like, we got we got to get a real Tiger documentary with Tiger doing it himself, man. Like, I want to hear from Phil Mickelson. I want to hear from Tiger Woods. I want to hear from his caddies. I want to hear from people who actually know him. Michael Jordan can be in it because they good friends too. I want to hear from everybody. His mother is still alive, I believe. Like people we could get to make a good Tiger Woods documentary. This was not it, man. I thought it was very, very bland. Um, and and they all, it was very negative too, man. Because when it starts off, uh, Earl Woods, his father, is talking about how, you know, uh, I just know that Tiger Woods is going to be the greatest golfer that ever lived. He's going to be bigger than Jesus or Buddha. He's going to bring the cultures together. He's going to be a messiah. He's going to be a black leader. He's going to do this and that. He's talking about how great Tiger is going to be. And it cuts right to him going to jail and being arrested and like in handcuffs. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird to start <laughs> off a documentary. It makes it seem like it's going to be mainly negative. Like he wasn't and, great. If I never, yeah. if I never knew who Tiger was, I would have been like, "Damn, this was a fall." You would have thought he killed somebody the way that shit started, man. Damn, like it, the way it started made it sound, made him sound look so dark. Yeah, that's you know? all like Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> really, <laughs> thought, really. If you watch it, trust me, man, you're gonna think the same thing. You're gonna think the same thing. It looks very like like he killed somebody, you know. And then you find out, oh, he just slept around with his wife. And he got he he popped pain pills and tried to drive a couple times. Like that's the worst thing he did, man. And they were acting like he killed somebody in fucking documentary, man. 
the the only interesting thing to me really is when you really understand how you know his dad really thought he was going to be like fucking Mark Mar- uh, Mac um Martin Luther King. Yeah, Martin Luther King, basically, man. He was going to be like a unifying force for the whole world outside of golf. Mm. And at the end of the day, Tiger Woods ain't want to do shit but play golf and fuck skinny white women. (laughs) That's really all he wanted to do, man. He did not want to be a leader. He did not want to be in a spotlight like that. He just wanted to play golf and chill and fuck hoes. So (laughs) it was kind of disappointing, but I felt like they blew up they blew up the bad side a little too much, man. And it would be better to see like his perspective on these things, but they didn't show it. So it was very, very like it was overdramatic, man, honestly, because like I said, he all he did was sleep around with his wife and pop some pills because his back was hurting. <laughs> that ain't the worst thing in the world, man. Yeah. So yeah, I would give it thumbs down, honestly. <laughs> if you didn't know nothing about Tiger Woods, you might like it. But if you've been following his career with a certain like it at all, you ain't going to learn nothing new, really. And the things you learn that are new are kind of weird and you didn't need to know, mm. you know. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts on it, man. Damn. Yeah, guys, check that out. <laughs> or maybe not check it out. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong, man. I, I will debate if you really liked it and and let me think, see what you think. But I just felt like it was it was very, very negatively portraying him. And also that some of some details about his dad sleeping with women on the golf course in the RV. Like I, we ain't even know that shit, man. Like the man's been dead for 20 years now, dog. Like <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here, man? Yeah. So very, very odd details that were divulged. And then we didn't, there was no secret footage, you know, nothing, you know, golf wise, nothing behind the scenes, like the last dance, you know, there, yeah. last dance had a whole lot of never before seen footage, man. Yeah. That was and, interesting. Yeah. And there was some stuff you like, wow, I ain't know that part. Yep. So even if you did follow that, you know, that season, you you were still like, damn, oh, I didn't know he was going through that. Or Yes. A little something, but yeah. You ain't going to find anything really interesting new about Tiger Woods in this documentary, man, if you've been following him. So, yeah, I'll, thumbs down from me. But if you disagree, let me know. We could debate about it. Yeah. Been watching anything, man? Uh, um, I'm still watching Your Honor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you checked that out yet, but. I I'm, still need I'm, to. I'm, I'm still glued to it. Um. I think oh I've been watching that Marvel series on um Oh yeah, Disney. WandaVision. Yeah. It's starting to get okay now. It's still a little different for me because it's it's pretty much a sitcom. <laughs> it's 30 minutes. It's still got the laugh tracks in it. So, um I'm I'm getting used to it. And I'm warming up to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah but that's about it. All right, all right, all right. Kicking out Anita Baker, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Of course, we'd like to thank the very talented Arian Foster for coming through. The legend. The legend himself finally came through. We had a great discussion with him. Going to be on YouTube. Check it out. Um, follow him at, at Arian Foster for some entertaining tweets. Um, and also listen to his music, man. He's, I'm not bullshit when I say he's a dope rapper, man. We really aren't. His, his we ain't just typing him up. Yeah, his last album to me was better than that J. Cole album. Yeah. That, uh, that came out around that time, I think. No, it was, man. Yeah, like, that, that probably was a hot take, but 
Jasmine would have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of people will probably look at me sideways, but that's how yeah. good there's no disrespect to J. Cole, but that's how good Arian Foster album was. Very good. Check it out. He's Bobby Fino on yes. On all streaming services. Check him out. I forgot to ask you about the Bernie meme, man. You tired of that shit yet? The I'm, Bernie Sanders I'm meme. Tired of it. it was cool for like <laughs> one day, maybe two. But start seeing people t- putting him in their personal pictures and stuff like that. It's starting to get corny now. It was cool when like you had Bernie on the um on that J. Cole Forest Hill Drive album or something yeah. like that. A little stuff like that was funny, but after a while, it's like, all right, you know, we don't need T-shirts. We don't need websites and all this other shit. I'm not going to lie, man. And maybe my sense of humor is just fucked up. I never thought any of that was funny. (laughs) I never thought any of it was funny, man. Like, it was corny from the get-go to me, and it's getting worse. Please stop it, y'all. Please, for my sake, if you follow me, which I know most of y'all don't, but if you do, please stop posting Bernie memes, man. I'm tired of looking at it. It's not funny. It never was funny. Let, let's stop forcing memes in 2021. Man. Let's get more creative. Let, let, yeah. Let's let the creative just flow. Yeah. Do you think this was more of a white people thing? That was yes. Like forcing this? Yes. <laughs> but a lot of black people did it too. I know we out talked them. <laughs> Native yeah. Baker. No, it's go. all good. We, we vibing. We. Yeah, we might do a whole mix, man. Fucking new podcast coming up right now. (laughs) With Nina Baker in the background. But yeah, man, that Bernie meme is corny and tired. Please stop it. Please let it go. It's it's reached its peak, whatever the peak was. But yeah, I'm tired of it. So yeah, as we said, thank you to Arian Foster. Um, Check out the podcast on all streaming platforms, of course. And it's Uh, on Pandora. We are on Pandora, Pandora now. I didn't yes. even know Pandora had podcasts, but I didn't know they still were around. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I ain't listened to Pandora in a minute, but hey, we on there now. If you do, yeah. So check it out. Um, what else going on? We plugging. Shout out to Jasmine, of course, in the background, hustling, doing a lot of things for us. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm out of I'm out of shout outs, man. Yeah. Tab, a Tab got something. Is the website up yet for Tab? I'm not I sure. I'm, I'm gonna hit them up and see. But shout out to okay. Tab. Shout out to Tab. By the way, you got a new website cooking up. We gonna promote that when he's ready to promote it. And yeah, we doing the damn thing, man. A lot, a lot going down in 2021. We told you it's gonna be a big year for us. We already doing big things. Appreciate y'all listening as always. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. We will see y'all next week with some more fire. Yes, hopefully Deshaun Watson is still here. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Looking, looking kind of tough. It's not. It's not. <laughs> he might be trading when this podcast drops. Man, who knows? He might be. I'm not. Look, man, I've accepted it. By the way, I've accepted he's gone, but yeah. it is what it is. Grace for the worst, y'all. Yeah. It's gonna get better from here. So. Maybe. (laughs) I'm bullshitting. It's probably going to get worse, y'all. But (laughs) anyway, till next time, y'all. We love y'all. And we out. Peace.